0: The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode briefly mentions assault. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember listeners, the merriest thing you can do is listen to your own needs.
1: the Three Little Words podcast, where we read and rank romance novels on steaminess, dreaminess, and memeiness. I'm Nicole.
0: And I'm Claudia.
1: And today, we will be discussing Under a Falling Star by Jay. No last name as far as I'm aware.
0: No, it's a mononym pseudonym.
1: Ah, uh, okay. I was about to say, I'm like, just Jay. Like, just... Chewbacca. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is our second book for December, uh, and this time we went with a Christmas book. Since I grew up Catholic, <laughs> so this is what I celebrate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't hide the disdain whenever I say it. <laughs> so that's how we chose this book. Okay, so the back of the book here: falling stars are supposed to be a lucky sign, but not for Austin. Her new job as a secretary in an international games company isn't off to a good start. Her first assignment, decorating the Christmas tree in the lobby, results in a trip to the ER after Dee, the company's second-in-command, gets hit by the star-shaped topper. Dee blames her instant attraction on Austin on her head wound, not the magic of the falling star. She's determined not to act on it, especially since Austin has no idea that Dee is practically her boss.
0: So I typically do not read the backs of books after we select them. So I went into this book, I'm like, okay, under Falling Star Christmas Book, and I didn't realize or forgot, I guess that it's literal in this case, there is literally a star that falls.
1: I too forgot that and I have the physical book. So like the Mm -hmm. back of the book was readily available. (laughs) I just did, did not look at it. And so I was like, oh, it's funny. It's like literally a falling star. It's not, you know, like, oh, beautiful shooting stars or anything. Like, no, this is a piece of plastic that like fell on her.
0: (laughs) It's very cute.
1: Okay. What did you think of the book?
0: (laughs) Listen, we got to pick worse books because I feel like every week now I'm coming in here and being like, Nicole, I love this book. But Nicole, I loved this book. I loved this
1: book. I loved this book. It's just oh my God, it gave me it gave me everything. <laughs> <laughs> love it, and also, oh my God, not to not to give too much away right off the bat. but there's like some really cute like romantic shit that's in here that I'm like, mm. oh, I kind of like that, but I'm not a romantic person, but I'm like, but mm-hmm. if a woman does it, I don't see it as like condescending.
0: <laughs> You're just gay the whole time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Not to give away my rankings at the end and everything, but I loved our main characters. They were so fun. I just, I loved this book. Yeah. I want to date both of them.
0: Oh God, for real. <laughs> it's not a perfect book by any stretch. I don't think any book we've mm-hmm. read on this podcast has been perfect. No. Even Love Me Whole, even Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire. They <gasps> they had their, I'm sorry to, to besmirch both their names, but- <gasps> They had their flaws. This book is like pretty close to ideal for me. I have a lot of nitpicks,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: that's because I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, I feel like that's always the case. I mean, that's what happened with Love Me Whole too, where it's just like, it's so good. So like we have to like really get into the parts that we didn't particularly enjoy or whatever, just because it's like, what else are we going to talk about? Otherwise, it'd just be us praising the book for five hours.
0: Yeah. And who wants to edit that? (laughs) (laughs) This is Oak from The Editing Booth to let you know that this episode is actually four hours of raw material that I had to edit, so.
1: But I do think it's like pretty fun that Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire and Love Me Whole are kind of like our top tiers here, Mm -hmm. so everything is like kind of compared to that. It's like, if and when I get arrested and I have to testify in court, I'd rather on a copy of Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire (laughs) than the Bible. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) We've reached
1: that point. We can't go an episode without mentioning it.
0: It's true. I'll say I really enjoyed how fun this book is. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, the most fun we've had a book be without it being full out goofy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like I love the Wildfire series, but those books are very goofy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Nanny and the Beast also, it very much bordered. But this one, this was basically for me a straight rom-com. Yes. And I love that, especially after the angst fest that was eight kinky nights. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy that to a degree, but, you know, it was just nice to have a queer book where people weren't doing real bad.
1: Oh, my God. And it's like obviously, you know, their sexuality comes into play a couple of times. But like, I feel like a lot of queer romance stories that we see are like, oh, my God, there's this whole thing about me being gay and like how this is like a central plot point and like something that causes me so much stress in this movie slash book or whatever.
0: Yeah. It was so nice to have queer main characters in a slow burn who like are having fun together. Like not that not that Love Me Whole or other like big slow burn, not that they weren't having fun, but they didn't really like play back and forth in the same way that Dee and Austin do. Mm hmm. I'm mostly thinking sexually. It was nice to have a book almost devoid of sexual trauma. I'll talk about that <laughs> at some point. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it.
1: It was so fun. And just like thinking about it now, I think what I really liked about it is that it was very tropey in a very fun way. And mm-hmm. I feel like I always see these tropes with cis het people. Yes. You know, and so it's really nice seeing this trope. Like, I mean, so D is the COO of the company. And usually I feel like whenever I read a fanfic or any, I mean, like Harlequin has a whole line dedicated to yeah. like billionaires and stuff. And it's always a man. And so it's like to see these things that I generally associate with straight couples applied to a lesbians, both of whom I like loved very much. just made me so happy. I love this. Yeah,
0: exactly. I I was telling Forrest that like, I really loved how tropey this book was. I used that same term. I mean, I sent you this meme, a custom meme for you in our chat of the (laughs) the sickos guy from the onion pressed up against the window Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was me throughout the whole book.
1: Absolutely. I
0: also tweeted it like an hour ago.
1: Oh my gosh, I love this book. And, oh my God, more spoilers. Mm-hmm. But there is also like a spinoff of this. And I yes. am probably going to read it because this was just so enjoyable.
0: Nicole, here's where I like shatter your world here. There is like a J literary universe. She has a whole oh chart God. in the <gasps> ways that they all connect with each other.
1: Oh, my God. It's so good.
0: So this book has essentially two books in the series. There's this and then there's a little mini book. It's like 30 pages and it's kind of an epilogue, kind of a mini story. It's like a webisode. But Austin's friend Dawn, she and her partner are the romantic leads of two or three other books Oh that Jay has written. Dee and Austin show up in a later book of hers in like a, a side role.
1: Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I love this. I love when authors have like their literary universes. Yeah. It's so fun. I feel like with stories like these, you can really tell that the author actually enjoyed writing it. Yeah. Like this book is just so much fun. So how could you not have fun writing it? It's full of joy. Exactly. So okay, let's get started. Mm hmm. So we open with Austin on the phone with her best friend Dawn, saying that she hates first days because today is her first day at her new job as an admin at toy company name that I always forget.
0: Definitely not Hasbro.
1: Definitely not Hasbro.
0: Don't don't worry about it. No copyright infringement intended.
1: <laughs> kudos. Kudos entertainment. Yeah. Honestly, my brain just kept registering it as Hasbro. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, it's because she works for Hasbro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wonder if Jay ever worked for Hasbro.
0: No, she was actually a clinical psychologist.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did my preliminary research. She grew up in Germany. She was a clinical psychologist until like 2013, 2014. And then she quit or retired to do writing full time.
1: Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. the dream.
0: Oh, for real.
1: So yeah, it's Austin's first day at her new job as an admin at Kudos Entertainment, which is a toy company. Yeah, so she's talking on the phone with Dawn, her bestie, and they do casually mention Brenda right off the bat, Mm -hmm. and how Austin had gotten into an accident and then started dating the woman who was involved in the accident.
0: Austin has made some choices in her past, it seems.
1: Oh, absolutely. So that relationship went as you would think, considering they met mm-hmm. because of a car accident.
0: I gotta say, I do not think that we've had as much talk about people's like long-term relationship exes mm-hmm. as we have in the three lesbian books that we have read. We've read three? This is right. the third.
1: This is the third?
0: River's Edge, A King Oh, right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: We got oh the God. Incredibly Divorced. Dell, the incredibly divorced <laughs> Jordan, the the very traumatized Leah, and now we have I don't know if we should bury the lead here, but the incredibly cheated on Austin.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Or I guess cheated with.
1: Yeah. yeah. So oh my gosh, I get not to give away too much early on, but Brenda was in a committed long-term relationship with another woman the entire time that she was also with austin
0: and she was with austin for four years
1: four years and austin was the other woman that entire time
0: i could not process the idea of like finding out you were the other woman after four years like four years at what point were you going to tell me like what what if i i wanted to get married or like have children
1: or like, not even tell me, but like, how long do you think this is? Su- like, this isn't sustainable.
0: <laughs> I mean, she was doing pretty well.
1: For uh, four years.
0: And in fact, she had to tell her. The only reason that Austin even found out was because Brenda was ending it on Christmas because she is just apparently the cruelest woman alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Brenda.
0: Uh, Brenda.
1: Okay, so she comes into work and right off the bat... She starts hearing some hot cheese cheeseme about the company's COO and how apparently she's like the worst person imaginable. Like this fucking bitch, you know, Ice Queen Attila, they call her. Yeah. They're so mean.
0: And they have all these crazy ass rumors about her and about the people who work under her. They say that allegedly her last administrative assistant killed herself. She threw herself out of the 15th floor window. We find out later that no <laughs> she moved to florida with her fiance and in fact there was a whole going away party for her
1: yeah it's called a funeral
0: <laughs> <laughs> currently currently in england there's an extended going away party for queen <laughs> i believe it's still news since last time we we recorded <laughs>
1: probably oh god So the whole gossip thing, which is alone fucking bananas, I can only assume that Kudos Entertainment is similar in size to the company that I work for. Mm -hmm. And rumors like that wouldn't like exist. (laughs) It would happen at my old place of employment where there Mm. are like 30 people in the office, and so it's like easier to kind of spread around. But even then, these are some pretty wild rumors.
0: Yeah. None of these rumors are reasonable, you know? Yeah. None of them are like, oh, like I saw Brenda and her long-term partner getting a little flirty in the break room. It's more like, did you hear that <laughs> <laughs> That Miss Saunders threw her assistant out, out the window <laughs> and the other person is like, wow, damn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or, okay, not to give away too much for later in the book, but they were like, did you hear that Austin beat Miss Saunders (laughs) over the head with the star from the Christmas tree, and then Miss Saunders got back at her by, like, purposefully hitting a volleyball into her face?
0: Oh, man.
1: It's it's fucking wild. Uh,
0: Something that didn't tickle me as much when I read it, but now thinking thinking back on it, (laughs) How elaborate and weird (laughs) these rumors all are.
1: That's just ridiculous. Yeah, so so she's confused because she could have sworn that she was going to be working for a man, but then somebody in the elevator or hallway or something was like, Oh, you're gonna be working for Miss Saunders, Attila the Hun or whatever. And they're like, Oh, don't let the rumors scare you off. Who the fuck says that to somebody on their first day?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the rumors (laughs) you don't know, don't worry about them.
1: Don't worry about Don't it. Don't
0: worry about it, dude. I know that I just <laughs> said that she threw her assistant out the window. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> let me tell you, there was a like fraction of a second where when Dee was like, I thought I was going to be working for a Mr. Saunders, but everyone's saying Miss Saunders. I was like, do we have a trans woman as the main character?
1: That's what I thought too.
0: But somewhat sadly, somewhat not sadly, because I would rather not the first introduction to a trans woman not be thinking that she's man. Unfortunately, D is sis. But you know, <laughs> can't have everything.
1: It's true. Can't have something be too perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Turns out she'll be working for Mr. Saunders or Tim who, do we have his like role in the company? Because I don't think he's a, he's an officer.
0: He's a head of marketing. I don't think he has a real title.
1: Probably not like CMO. Yeah. yeah. GMO.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he's a genetically marketed organism.
1: <laughs> I was to say a genetically modified officer. <laughs> oh, God. Terrifying.
0: Weird energy today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so he's a very good looking man and he gives her like this smile and she thinks here, good thing I'm immune to male charms. <gasps> oh my <laughs> God, she's Lebanese. Ah. What? <laughs> <laughs> he says like, welcome to the team. And she is relieved because she will not be working for Attila the Hun. They call her or she like mentally calls her. Actually, no, out loud too. Attila several times. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oof.
0: I feel like that is just a bad idea waiting to happen.
1: Oh, absolutely. I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Eager to prove herself, she volunteers to lead the Christmas tree decorating that year. Yeah. Uh, because I guess the responsibility of doing so goes around the entire company. So finance did it one year, HR the other. And so now it's marketing's turn to do it. And so she has to come up with a very creative idea for how to decorate this tree. She cuts out paper snowflakes for everybody and instructs them to write down their wish and then hang it on the tree, which I think is pretty cute. Yeah, it's a cute
0: idea. I think the tree is gonna look kind of crappy, but oh yeah, it's a cute sure. idea. It's just gonna be covered in paper.
1: Yeah. But it reminded me of back at my old job again with this office of only tw- twenty-five to thirty people. Mm. One Thanksgiving. I had everybody pick a piece of construction paper. I only had a couple of colors, and I was like, pick one, trace your hand, write your name on it, give it to me and then I arranged a turkey with everyone's hands oh and I put it up in the in the in the office. So it gave me that energy. But anyway, my turkey definitely looked better than this tree because imagine all these paper snowflakes on a tree.
0: Yeah, (laughs) especially because like every employee at at this building is supposed to do it. It's like there's at least 250 people in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll talk about it here. Austin (laughs) is the worst at hiding that she's gay.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: In like the first conversation she has with her co-workers at lunch, she talks about how she left her last job. And her office mates are very reasonably like, yeah, what happened? And she's like, ah, shit, I gotta tell him my boss was homophobic because I'm gay. And it's like, (laughs) okay, you didn't really think that through. That's fine. And then later on, like when she's spending some time with with Dee before they both realize the other is gay, She says something else like my mother taught me to like never guess at a woman's age or something like that. And is like, your mother gave you advice about women. Austin's like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it.
1: Accidentally outing herself (laughs) constantly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's a queer mood.
1: It's so good. But yeah, everyone's cool about it, which I really like because I don't think there was anybody in here who like, well, I mean, Dee's family. But like, is is passive aggressive about it? But there's no blatant displays of homophobia in this book.
0: Yeah, I think that Dee's family, it's not so much that they're homophobic, at least in my very gracious understanding Mm -hmm. of it. It's not so much that they're homophobic. It's just that they just so much do not give a shit about her that they just don't listen to any aspect of her life that doesn't revolve around the company, which... You know, but it could be worse. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. The way I thought it was, was that, yes, not caring. But also, I see this a lot, like in Latina culture, Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, you're a woman. So like, you have to have kids. If you say you don't want to have kids, maybe not right now, but later you will. Mm -hmm. And also, you need to have a husband and have a baby with them. And I don't know how much I want to (laughs) say. But one of my family members came out as queer mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, OK, well, you know, like eventually you'll find a man. It'll be OK. God. And so it's like where it's not like super like aggressive or like violent homophobia, but it's always kind of like, mm, I don't really believe you. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, you're just going I, definitely, through something. I definitely get that. I think that uh, probably the intended interpretation, but I wanted to give it a mm-hmm. very gracious. This, this is A book where we don't encounter any like real homophobia, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you are right.
1: But also I fucking hate her family. Oh yeah, they So so so. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, no, Tim is the only good person.
1: Oh, Tim's great. Tim Tim
0: is a little angel.
1: He's so good. He's a good boy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have this tree set up now and Dee begrudgingly has to go up and put up her snowflake, which she didn't even fill out. Because she's like, I don't have a wish that doesn't involve work because work is my life. And Tim says, "Okay, well,
0: we should establish that Tim is her brother.
1: Oh, have I not? Yeah, no, (laughs) we haven't even
0: mentioned who Tim is. Tim is Austin's boss, her direct supervisor. She's his administrative assistant. And this company is full of nepotism.
1: Mm, Yep. Sweet, sweet nepotism.
0: Yeah, the CEO is the uncle to Tim in marketing and D the COO. And then the C uh, CFO? Is
1: that I is? don't think they ever say CFO.
0: Whatever the hell the cousin is, he's also very high up on the executive board. Mm-hmm. Keeping it in the family here.
1: Really keeping it in the family. And then we learned that Dee is essentially in the running to take over the CEO position because, it, you know, nepotism.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Tim actually writes Dee's wish on her star for her, the wish he writes his new girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at it and she like rolls her eyes.
1: He says, all right, like I wrote it down, but you have to go put it on the tree. And she says, "Ugh, fine. And so she goes and she notices that the lights aren't quite strung up to her liking, like on the tree. And so she's like, oh, I have to fix this and starts messing around with the branches and everything, loosening the star on top of the tree, at which point Austin comes in and says, oh, my God, be careful. And the tree fucking falls. And like, (laughs) just the star topper falls. Yeah, just the star topper falls and hits D in the head. And she it's this whole fucking gash it's like gushing blood head wounds bleed a lot
0: yeah i mean you got a lot of brain up there a lot that's of blood in the brain that's why i meant to say the blood <laughs>
1: <laughs> so austin says oh my god we need to take care of that and get you to the hospital and he's like no i'm fine i have to get to work and Austin says, no, you're not fine. You have a head injury. Let's go to the hospital. So Dee says, fine, I'll drive. And Austin says, no, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you have a head wound. You're not driving. So we see very early on, Austin does not take no for an answer. Yeah,
0: She is very stubborn and she mm-hmm. will care about the people around her. So yeah. help me God, she will care about you. <laughs>
1: Which, you know, uh, fucking D, her role in the company is like so sad. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the first kind of friendly behavior that anyone has shown towards her in the 14 years that she's been in this company.
0: Yeah, because her uncle makes her do like all the dirty work. She does the firings that he doesn't want to do. She has to like tighten the belt around everyone.
1: Yeah. And she can't even say no, she can't not do that. Because because I don't think she has any real competition for the to inherit the CEO title. No. Aside from her cousin, but her cousin doesn't even compare. He pales in comparison next to her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's being groomed for this CEO position. And we come to learn a bit later on that she is the only woman in her family, pretty much. Yeah. Aside from like her mom (laughs) and Tim's wife. It's a time. It's a time.
0: They do end up going to the hospital. But a very important thing to note here, Austin does not know who Dee is. She does not know that Dee is the COO. She does not know that this is the horrible Miss Saunders that she's been hearing about. And she directly, like, insults Dee to her face without knowing that's who she's talking to. She's like, oh, you, you're in operations. Oh, you work for Attila. And Dee's like, what? <laughs> but Dee very much takes it in stride and just kind of plays along. I think it's partly just because she's happy to have somebody, like, being nice to her
1: yeah that and you know she kind of got a kick out of it too Mm -hmm. and you know figured that you know she would just mess with mess around with her for like a little bit but that doesn't happen because they stay in the hospital waiting room for like four hours i think it was
0: four hours until they're seen an hour until the doctor sees them and then like an hour or an hour and a half until they actually leave they leave they get there at like five and leave at like 11 they're there for like six hours
1: my god horrible but in that time they had a lot of time to bond Mm -hmm. which is very fun very cute
0: okay so two things one of them is I have a lot of my Mimi highlights in here are just like the fun tropes when they came up, yeah, not too much was very like unintentionally funny. It was more mm-hmm. just like it, it. was you know me being me being an absolute sicko, just ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> so she asked D where she works. After several seconds, she said, "Operations." Oh, my condolences. You're working for Attila Ben. Who? Austin's cheeks warmed. She hadn't meant to use that nickname when talking about one of the co- company's executives. I mean, for Miss Saunders. Dee snorted. Attila, that's a good one. Is she as bad as they say? Another wry smile crossed Dee's face. She has her moments. It's so cute to me. Oh. Also, you know, I gotta tell you the smallest story of what getting head stitches reminds me of. This came back to me in a rush while I was reading this. In fifth grade, one of my friends, we were playing in gym. We were playing, I think, floor hockey or something. And he took a fall and slid... Into this like metal grate Ooh. that was there, a ventilation thing, I think, and like like split his head open and had to get stitches. I I remember I mostly remember being like rushed out of the room <laughs> while they while they like you know got him to a hospital and like slowed down the the bleeding and stuff. But yeah, I remember seeing him later and he was like <laughs> kind of later that day because I went no over to his house to see how he was doing and he was kind of dazed and he had like. A, a bunch of stitches in his head. That's
1: oh. <laughs> Wait, you saw him later that day?
0: Yeah, I saw him later that day. We were close friends.
1: Oh, okay. I thought like he he went back.
0: <laughs> oh no no! I saw him okay. later that day at his house. Like my mom okay. drove drove us over.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Ken.
1: <laughs> so D has to get eight stitches. Very unfortunate. And there's even one point there was glass in the wound. I believe wasn't there? Yeah, there was. There yeah. was actually. Ugh.
0: I think why it kept bleeding, which horrifying. So,
1: you know, obviously it's very painful for her and Austin's there to hold her hand throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And god, D like makes me so sad. <laughs> because she says, "Oh, I you know she was thinking I've never been the hand-holding type, you know, but but she was really liking it and it's like, girl, that's because no one ever gives you any kind of affection <laughs> ever. You poor yeah. woman." <laughs> she's so touch starved
0: she is and i really honestly love the push and pull of like how how much she like i think one of the tags for this book on jay's site was ice queen romance yes and i really loved the the like no i don't i don't need my hand help. please hold my hand <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so good
0: also austin calls her a good girl at one point i went Ugh.
1: wait how did i miss that
0: I'm not gonna depale and plop down onto the seat swaying a little. Okay? Okay, I'm sitting. See? Good girl. Austin patted her shoulder. Don't move an inch, okay?
1: Always get me with the good girl.
0: God, same.
1: I'm I'm weak.
0: In softball last year, I was playing second base. It's just a story night. I was <laughs> playing second base, which was unusual for me, and this girl on the team who I had kind of a crush on. She was very encouraging to me. I've made a couple of like good stops and good plays. And she was like, good girl, Claudia. I was like, you can't do that. You can't just make me wet in the middle of softball.
1: (laughs) Softball is a very gay sport. It is. It's like that and roller derby.
0: Yeah, yeah. My sister plays roller derby and she's gay and I play (laughs) softball and I'm gay. (laughs)
1: sister did, does roller derby yeah. That's so funny oh my god she's she's so touch starved mm-hmm. poor woman you know after five thousand hours they finally get out of there and the doctor says okay you know that or the nurse somebody instructs d to go home and to have somebody watch over her because she suffered a head injury yeah. and it was was bleeding for several hours and was also prescribed some medication for pain so She needs somebody to monitor her, but she doesn't really have anybody to watch over her, which, again, very sad. But Austin so kindly volunteers and then just like demands, essentially, (laughs) to watch over Dee because Dee is way too proud and says, no, I don't need anybody to watch me. And Austin says, fuck you, I'm watching you.
0: I love how firm of a hand Austin has. Yes. I like that they are both stubborn.
1: And so they do mention this later on about the power dynamic because I mean, D's COO mm-hmm. and Austin's an admin. And D says, I've never once felt any kind of weird power play shit going on because we see that very early on. Austin doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do.
0: Yeah. I think that's why I didn't feel weird about this. Also, because they're, mm-hmm. they're women.
1: Yeah. Also, she's not her direct supervisor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if it was Tim and he was Tamantha, I definitely wouldn't, (laughs) I definitely would feel a little weirder about it.
1: Oh yeah, 100%.
0: They're at Dee's house and Austin is like taking care of her a little. She's like, why don't you get into the shower and like, I'll try and prepare us food. And Dee's like, I have no food in this house. Do you see how I have no furniture in this house? I also (laughs) have no food. Because Dee has this huge ass house in like just outside of Portland.
1: A Victorian. Yeah,
0: Victorian just outside of Portland and has not furnished it. Frankly, I'm surprised that her mattress has like a bed frame (laughs) or is implied to maybe have a bed frame.
1: She just lives like a single 20-year-old boy. (laughs) Honestly,
0: she does. (laughs) The the one difference is that she has a bed frame.
1: And she doesn't have a TV. So there's (laughs) nothing there's no TV to place directly on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I thought that was very funny too, because I mean she said so herself that she pretty much restored this Victorian all by herself, which very hot. Yeah handy woman
0: Mm -hmm. give me a handy (laughs) never mind
1: (laughs) hell yeah but i do wonder why put in all this effort to restoring this home and why have such a (laughs) nice home in the first place if you're not gonna put shit in?
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think d didn't think that far through i know my little headcanon is that d was living in some like shitty apartment that she definitely (laughs) could afford something better And Tim was like, why don't you buy a nice house and maybe it can be a little project for you. And he was like, fine, I I bought the house, I did the project, can you stop bothering me now?
1: Honestly, that's definitely what happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what happened.
0: While we're on headcans, I believe that Theo from Love Me Whole sells drugs to college kids on the side to make ends meet for their two bedroom townhouse.
1: 100%.
0: (laughs) So she's like, I have no food. So Austin's like, okay, I can order takeout, I guess. And Dee's like, get the Chinese menu on the fridge. They are open now. Trust me, I know. I keep them (laughs) in business. Just tell them it's for me. So they have Chinese food. They talk a little bit and they have fortune cookies at the end. And oh boy, I love both sides of these fortune cookies because they both lie to each other about what it says.
1: And it's like so corny Yes, <laughs> this happens, but I ate this shit up.
0: For real. It's, it's so it good. Up. Okay, so Austin gets a fortune that says, the love of your life is seeing directly across from you. <laughs> and Dee gets one that says, the cruelest lies are often told in silence because she still has not told Austin who she is yet. Oh my god. And it's like, yes, it's so, it's so funny, yes. I love it. Ah, yes! yes. <laughs>
1: Literally sickos the entire book. Uh,
0: I mean, frankly, they should, one or both of them should be glad in a way that they didn't get like, you will find true love on Flag Day. Help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie factory. <laughs> and we've been a lot less meaningful in the book.
1: That is very true. So Austin spends the night.
0: Hmm. Oh, but wait, you're missing something before she spends the night.
1: Wait, about her not being able to use chopsticks?
0: No. (laughs) Well, yes, but (laughs) you missed the kiss.
1: Oh, wait, shit, that happens the same day. Oh, my God, how did I forget that? I I, I skipped over like this whole chunk of pages.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Dee is trying to figure out how to tell Austin that she is, in fact, a tale of the (laughs) hun. She starts to say something and and they're like kind of cuddled up on the couch. Austin's gotten like very close and she like rests a hand on her leg and stuff. And Dee is like, I should tell you something. And Austin's like, I already know that you're gay. It's okay. I'm gay too. <laughs> and she kisses her.
1: Yeah. She says there's been kind of like a vibe between them all day. Mm-hmm.
0: She was not wrong.
1: She was not wrong, but that's definitely not what, <laughs> what <laughs> D wanted to tell her. But they do share this kiss. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about the kiss. I can't believe I fucking forgot about it for a second.
0: <laughs> it's a good kiss. I like it's the kisses kiss. in this book. They're really passionate.
1: They're so good. You know, so there's some kind of flirty talk going back and forth here. Something about Austin joining D in bed, and Austin says, No, 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 because you have a head wound. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she does say here at one point, hopefully in the morning, she's not just going to blame this on the head wound <laughs> and mm-hmm. the drugs that she's taken. And D says, No, that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, because it's- D oh. is not like loopy, really. She's incredibly lucid in this moment.
1: Oh, yeah. She's just super into Austin.
0: Like this kiss. Austin laid one finger against Dee's lips, stopping her. Did anyone ever tell you that you talk too much? She took her hand away. Dee instantly missed the touch, then all thought left her as Austin leaned forward and kissed her. Unlike the heated battles for control Dee usually engaged in, This kiss was warm and tender and nearly made her melt into a puddle. When Austin finally pulled back, he stared at her. All she could think of was the burning desire to pull her back against her body and kiss her again. Good. Also, the heated battles for control reminds me of the the classic fan fiction line of their tongues wrestled for dominance.
1: (laughs) A classic. (laughs) Oh, So good. So good. I want to, like, every time they're together and they do anything kind of, like, romantic or passionate affectionate whatever i just want to like squeeze in between them (laughs) yes me too
0: (laughs) honestly agreed
1: (laughs) me too please
0: listen i'm not a voyeur really i just kind of (laughs) want to (laughs) watch you know
1: but also let's talk about the way they're described because they both sound super fucking hot
0: yes can i describe d because i straight up do not remember what Austin is described like besides the fact that she has red hair
1: yes go ahead
0: So Dee is very tall. She has long black hair that is kept very neatly, I believe. And Mm -hmm. she wears a lot of power suits. Goddamn if that isn't Camilla Alexandrite.
1: (laughs) Austin has auburn hair Mm -hmm. with big old blue eyes. Oh, and her hair is in a pixie cut. Mm -hmm. They do mention pixie cut. And she's much shorter than Dee is. So just the the height thing, too, where it's like, if you can just like lift me up and pin me against the wall, <laughs> like that one meme. <laughs> or like Itachi holding Sasuke up by his neck against the wall. <laughs> but like, not in a sibling kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also just very fun because, again, with the whole height thing and the whole power dynamic, I mean... Austin is smaller than D in pretty much every sense of the word, mm. and yet they are always on very equal footing throughout their entire relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I love it. It's so good. It's so good. honestly, it's the it's the like short queen meme where <laughs> the buff girlfriend and like the the tiny girlfriend. She's like, excuse me, he asked for no sprinkles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's exactly them. <laughs>
1: It's so true. <laughs> so they go into work together the following morning mm-hmm. because Austin doesn't have a car. And so when they went to the hospital, she drove Dee's car and then stayed the night at Dee's place. So she didn't have a way to go back to you know her own place and get a change of clothes. So she goes into work, shows up in the same vehicle as the COO wearing yesterday's clothes So immediately people are just like, what's going on?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in fact, Tim pulls up like right next to them in the parking lot. Dee still has not told Austin who she is yet. So she has to like be very like, yes, professional. Mr. Mr. Saunders with (laughs) with her her own brother. (laughs) She kind of like scoots him off to the side to discuss it. And he says a line that I would consider throwing hands about. Tim is like this is really unprofessional for you to be showing up for work having apparently just fucked my my administrative assistant <laughs> and he says this company can't afford to be slapped with a sexual harassment suit just because you couldn't keep your pants zipped. Jesus, why can't you go to a lesbian bar or a club or and pick up some other hussy? And it's like, "Oh, and Dee has the exact same reaction. Blood roared through Dee's ears. She slapped both palms on the desk, making it rattle, and leaned forward right in Tim's face. Shut up. Austin isn't a hussy. And Tim is like, whoops, sorry, I went too far.
1: <laughs> but he says, I really thought my new admin was smarter than that. To get involved with this company's COO on her very first day.
0: Was it her first day?
1: It was her first day, yeah. Oh, I
0: thought it was still, I thought it was like a week later. The, the time in this book gets a little hard to track for me in a couple of points. Like, I understand yeah. where it is, but like, all of a sudden it will be like two weeks later. It's like, oh, okay, I I was reading that, but okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh no, 100% agree. Yeah, it, it did confuse me a bit that this was all done in one day, or this beginning part, because she had to have made those 250 250- paper snowflakes in one day on her first day
0: hand cutting every single one because deep acknowledges that they are all actually unique on the tree
1: and then to distribute all of them it's a long first day
0: (laughs) she started at 6 (laughs) a.m
1: didn't leave till nine
0: (laughs) anyway you were you were saying about her it was my first day
1: it's my first day oh yes and then d says well she doesn't know And Tim's like, you slept with her and you didn't tell her who you are? And Dee says, no, because they didn't sleep together, which is very true at this point. Mm -hmm. Also, I do think it's funny when siblings in books.
0: They say bro and sis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do
1: you call your sister sis? Oh,
0: dear God, no. (laughs) Who says that? People who don't have siblings.
1: Yeah. My sister calls me sissy. And then whenever I say bro, it's just bruh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, that's not different. bro as in brother.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's different.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just think that's very funny. Okay. So now that Dee's cleared all that up, she tells Tim what really happened, that she got injured, and Austin, being the absolute perfect angel she is, went out of her way to make sure she was okay. So good person to hire.
0: <laughs> Honestly. Do you ever think about the, like, the domino effect of you meeting certain people? No. (laughs) I do all the time.
1: Okay, tell me about it.
0: So I wouldn't know you or my spouse if I was not randomly matched with this uh, really annoying roommate in college. And if our mutual friend who is running the anime club where we met at the time, (laughs) if she hadn't put Watchmen out on the anime table, because I was like, "Wait, why do you have this here?" And she was like, "Oh, we're kind of a general like nerd club." And I was like, "I guess I'll sign up, but I probably won't go." And my annoying roommate was like, "Did you sign up for any clubs?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, a couple of the anime club, but I don't think I'm gonna go." And he was like, "You should go. It it seems fun." And I was like, "Whatever, I guess." And then I met literally all of my current friends, <laughs> in like <laughs> IRL friends, and my spouse, and you.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, ha- we have the same circle of friends. It's just yeah. insane to think about. I yeah. mean,
0: if you want to go like a couple dominoes back, we got to mm-hmm. talk about what got me into anime, which is that oh I had God. a crush on this girl in like eighth grade <laughs> who was really into full metal alchemist. And I was like, I'm going to get into that too, I guess. And uh, it was actually an anime that my dad was a fan of already because my dad got me into anime. Oh. Yeah. He knows a lot more anime than I do, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Because when he was getting ready for work at like six AM, Dragon Ball would be on and he would just like have that on and he grew to really enjoy it.
1: That's so fun.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) My gosh. My elementary school best friend Tania, her dad was into anime and just like passed that on to her and she was my best friend. So she says, Hey, look at this thing that I'm suddenly into. And then I started reading. Tokyo Mew Mew and D and Angel and Fruits Basket and then Naruto and Naruto is my longest relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all I'll say. It's, been, it's been like 20 fucking years.
0: Oh, God, no. it ha-
1: it has been like 20 years. Jesus Christ. Oh
0: my God. Today I was watching a video about Pikmin and the guy was like, anyway, that's a video on a game that's 20 years old now. And I was like, that, that can't be right. KingCube games can't be twenty years old. I remember them coming out. That's not twenty years ago. It can't be, but it is. Oh
1: my god, Pokemon's over twenty years old.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh, Pikachu can old. drink. <laughs> Pikachu does drink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, we, to we the got the thing. So Austin finds out that D is Miss Saunders through a coworker, essentially, and Austin is pissed. Rightfully so. Yeah. She's like, we spent like 20 hours together. She could have told me at any given point I was making a complete fucking ass of myself. What the hell?
1: Yeah, I mean, not only that, but, you know, the, again, this, there's this whole power imbalance in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And Austin, you know, straight up says that she knows better than to do something like that. But she acted on her feelings because she didn't know. She didn't know yeah. D was the freaking COO.
0: Yeah, plus there's the whole like underlying past trauma of a past partner keeping huge secrets from her. She does not like people keeping secrets from her at all. Mhm. Which is going to be my excuse from now on whenever I'm nosy. There we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too traumatized for you to not tell me this hot goss.
1: I'm just a cheese more sides in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she's pissed. And she lets D know that she's pissed and then just refuses to see her. I do have something highlighted as Mimi. So D is desperate to speak to Austin, but Austin is very much unwilling to speak to her. So D actually goes and waits by, what is it, like the bus or train station or yeah, something? Yeah, the train station. Waiting for Austin to show up and eventually sees her. Also, it's raining. So she's just sitting out in the rain like an asshole. And there are people from the company looking at her and she's like, Jesus Christ, I look like a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's also, so good. they have like a little bit of flirting there.
1: This is the part I highlighted as Mimi. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So it's raining. Austin has her umbrella. Austin paused on the edge of the sidewalk. Her hand with the umbrella dropped down, and she stood there without his protection, not caring or not noticing that she was getting wet. Not sure Austin would come any closer, Dee walked over. You're getting wet, she said softly, pointing at the umbrella that limply dangled from Austin's hand. You look pretty wet yourself," Austin said. Dee shrugged and attempted a grin. "Well, what can I say? Good-looking women have that effect on me. Girl, now is not the time."
0: Yeah, (laughs) can't can't resist.
1: (laughs) That's the part I highlighted as Mimi because I was like, "Not right now, babe. You gotta, you gotta apologize."
0: (laughs) I have a moment, like two pages later, that I found very Mimi, where she's like thinking about like the past couple of days with Austin. Everything suddenly reminded her of Austin, even the numbers on her screen. Zero chance of Austin ever talking to her again. One hell of a kiss they shared. Two fortune cookies they'd had for dessert. Getting just three hours of sleep the night Austin had stayed over, lying awake trying to figure out how to tell her who she was. Four hours of waiting in the ER until someone had finally looked at the cut on her forehead. Five points of the star that had crashed down on her. Six years had gone by since she had last been so interested in someone. It would take more than the seven wonders of the world for Austin to forgive her and become her, her friend, let alone more. Eight stitches in her forehead that would forever make her remember their first meeting. And then she just kind of like cuts it off there. It's like, in a partridge in a pear tree.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Also, like a sentence later, we have the first character in a book we've read who knows how to use keyboard shortcuts. <laughs>
1: It's so funny. I read this and I was like, didn't we talk about this yeah. <laughs> in an earlier episode in, in fucking Vladimir?
0: <laughs> it was Vladimir and Mountain Retreat murder.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she stabbed her fingers on, down onto the Control S key combo, saving the report she'd been working on. We love it. We love a, a <laughs> tech versed queen.
1: Also, she has quite the temper. She grabs her mouse and just fucking yeets it into a wall, <laughs> Yeah, which will become relevant later on.
0: Yeah, so she breaks her mouse.
1: <laughs> and so she calls the head of the IT department at home at nearly 10 p.m. <laughs> she's like, make sure I have a new mouse tomorrow. And he's like, uh, Miss Saunders, it's almost 10 p.m. And this is my home <laughs> phone. And she's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you think I care? I need a new mouse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To a degree, she does sound kind of shitty to work for, but that's just because she has kind of a shitty job.
1: Yeah, she does everyone's dirty work and also cleans up everyone's bullshit. So stupid. I'd be so angry all the time. Yeah. She's valid.
0: I really empathize. So, D some... Time later is so desperate to talk to Austin that she like calls her into her office for like a meeting <laughs> just to like have an excuse for Austin to like have to be there which a little bit of power dynamic play there but you know that's the only bit. time it comes up it's pretty innocuous and I mean we go through the same thing of like I don't like this also welcome to Claudia's conjecture corner <laughs> both her main characters are plural I'm sorry they just are. Like, there are way too instances of voices talking in their head, not like, one part of me felt this, but literally, even when a voice in her head whispered, are you sure about that? It's a little too, a little too, like, <laughs> specific for me not to call plural on that. In fact, Dee, like, straight up dissociates and, like, loses control of her body towards the end of the book. And I'm like, <laughs> uh jay if you want to talk my inbox is open
1: it's giving plural (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) and that's let alone the the autistic coding but anyway
1: the plural (laughs) thing
0: was all i really wanted to talk about we of course cannot get through one episode without me conjecturing
1: Yeah, so Austin still doesn't quite understand why Dee hid that from her. And then we see some IT person act very skittish around her and everything, and Dee says that's why. Because Dee is aware, to some extent at least, of how everybody in the company feels about her and what they say about her. And so while it was shitty for her to hide this from Austin... You kind of get it. You you understand yeah. why. I mean, Austin herself had a preconceived notion of her just based on the shitty rumors that were flying around.
0: Dude, did you hear <laughs> that Miss Saunders, one of her underlings got so pissed at her that they beat her over the head with a baseball bat so bad she had to go to the hospital.
1: Oh my god, pass it on.
0: An actual rumor that is apparently spread in this office after she gets hit on the head.
1: Fucking nuts. So yeah, she says, I didn't want you to look at me like that. I wanted to be D with you, not the company's COO. After hearing her colleagues talk about D all week, Austin could understand that. But still the betrayal hurt. How do you know I wouldn't have looked beyond your professional role and seen the woman? You called me Attila, even though you'd never even met me. Not one of her brightest moments, Austin had to admit that. That was stupid, but don't you think I would have made up my own mind once I met you, no matter what rumors I'd heard about you? Dee shrugged. You never gave me that chance, Dee. I want complete honesty from the woman I date. Dee looked up, her eyes wide. Dating? Is that where you thought this was going? Like, ugh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> even when they're arguing, I'm like, oh man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. They They keep it interesting because, like- Really, parts of this conversation are a rehash of what has already been said, but we get Mm -hmm. these fun extra layers.
1: Yes, exactly. I really
0: enjoyed Jay's writing. I thought it was, I don't know, very just well done.
1: Jay's writing is just very fun, and it's got a good rhythm to it. I I fucking sped through this book. Yeah, I ate this shit up. Yeah, it's fucking good. (laughs) It's fucking good. We keep saying that, but it's It's an easy read. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just I really like this whole, oh, I want to, but I shouldn't just, you know, fighting between professionalism and passion. It's it's (laughs)
0: literally
1: I just yes, we are sickos.
0: (laughs) God, I love how this trope is written here.
1: It's so good.
0: So Dee breaks the new mouse that this IT guy gives her, by the way. (laughs) She is so upset at him coming in and interrupting her by bringing her a new mouse that she throws the mouse still in packaging at the wall and shatters
1: it. Yeah, because Dee even asks to, you know, be friends because it's very rare for her to meet people who she can tolerate for an extended period of time or who don't immediately hate her. But Austin does not think that is a very good idea, given the nature of their professional relationship. Mm -hmm. At which point, Austin notices that she doesn't have her snowflake on her. She must have dropped it in Dee's office. Oh, no. Oh No. Her blank snowflake, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, she never, she never wrote really a wish on She got too caught up with caring for Dee's head wound.
1: <laughs> so Dee notices the snowflake lying around, you know, gets an envelope, puts it in there, writes a quick little message, and then puts it in her outbox. Then I believe it's the next day. Or later on, I don't know. But Helga from HR comes in and she says, this was taped to your door and it's an envelope. They mentioned the Christmas party that's going to be happening that mm-hmm. week.
0: So at the Christmas party, there's going to be a secret Santa and there's still one name left if Austin wants to participate. And she's like, sure, I guess. And she picks it. And of course, it's, she gets Danielle Saunders.
1: The last name in the bowl.
0: Yeah, the last name in the bowl. And Austin is immediately like, they have rigged this so that nobody has to get her Mm -hmm. and it's like that's so sad
1: that's so sad but also considering all these employees fucking hate d for them to be like let's give the new girl the fucking horrible (laughs) task of being the secret santa to this bitch like that's shitty of them too
0: (laughs) Or is like it merciful on every side? Because it's like, Austin doesn't know, in theory, the horrible things about D. She doesn't work in the same department. And maybe she'll get something nice. But I think more likely it's just that hoist this bitch off on the new girl.
1: Yeah. They're such fucking assholes.
0: <laughs> this whole company fucking sucks.
1: Fucking sucks. Except
0: for Tim. Tim is an angel.
1: Tim's great.
0: Stick a Christmas tree up his ass and put him in the lobby. Tim is an angel. <laughs>
1: Tim's probably into being pegged.
0: <laughs> he almost certainly is.
1: <laughs> um, also, this is like the dumbest thing to point out, but spending limit is $50 for the Christmas present. I feel like every single Secret Santa or any kind of gift exchange thing that I've done, the limit has been twenty twenty-five. Yeah. 50, yeah. I feel, is very generous. How much do they get paid? <laughs> yeah. I
0: don't know. And this is in 2014 money.
1: Let's adjust for inflation.
0: Hang on. Let me get out my my inflation app. <laughs> no, not that oh, do you, inflation. Do you app. Have one? I do.
1: Oh it's my called god, inflation so... calculator. Because I end up doing
0: this all the fucking time. <laughs> that's fifty-eight sixty-four today.
1: My god, that's almost sixty dollars.
0: That's almost seven thousand Canadian dollars, or one British pound. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Austin opens up this envelope, In it is her paper snowflake with a sticky note that says. Company policy states that every employee has to make a Christmas wish. Please adhere to it. D Saunders.
0: So cute.
1: (laughs) So cute. P.S. Be careful when you hang the snowflake. Beware of falling stars.
0: With an exclamation point on the end there.
1: They're so fucking cute. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw this book out the window and then myself right after because it's so cute. It is. We get to the Christmas party now and they go all out for this thing. Mm -hmm. They're in a decorated ballroom of this hotel. They have a band and a buffet. Oh, the only thing Austin didn't like was the alcohol flowing freely. (laughs) So people are getting hammered at this Christmas party.
0: You love to see it.
1: Oh my God. So my old company, Mm -hmm. they used to have open bar at the Christmas parties. And then the year before I was eligible to go, apparently the open bar situation got super out of control really. And so there was some very inappropriate dancing and touching on the dance floor and uh-huh. somebody broke the door of a bathroom stall. <laughs> <laughs> so since that day, open bar has been a no-go at these company Christmas parties and I'm like, well that's why I have to dish out money for my drinks at this party cuz a couple of hooligans ruined it for us.
0: Uh, it's always something.
1: Oh, I mean, something ridiculous. Anyway, so very brave of them to have such a large party with an open bar. Yeah. Bless their souls.
0: Okay. One thing is her co-worker Sally, who comes up every once in a while. She's not really a character so much as she is a person who has lines. But there is this line, this whole bit. Sally stepped next to her, interrupting Austin's increasingly amorous thoughts. Her plate looked as if she'd skipped the appetizers and the main course and had started with dessert. Hi, Austin, you clean up nicely. Austin looked down at her black cocktail dress. She hadn't been sure what to wear since this was her first company party and had finally decided on something elegant, yet not too revealing. Thanks, you look nice too. And she did. Her silver sequin dress hid the extra padding on her belly and hips and made her look voluptuous instead of overweight. It's like, why do you gotta be a fucking hater? Like, there was no, that was uncalled for. Like, in in your narration, you know, like, I, what, what the fuck are you talking? Like, oh my god. And the fact that, that, like, she judgingly is like, hmm, looks like she, uh, she went straight to the dessert as if Austin won't step into a room and inhale anything made of chocolate. <laughs> like, she's Kirby.
1: <laughs> yeah very judgmental in that moment
0: that was like the one time in this book where i was like this that's kind of mean <laughs> for like no reason
1: just just been there just uh, like fuck sally in particular <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I guess that she has repeatedly shit talked Austin's prospective girlfriend, but don't know. Don't don't think about it. Not going to be my girlfriend. She's not going to be your girlfriend, as the voices (laughs) in her head would say.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned this earlier, but this is the actual part in the book where we get to it. So I highlighted it as Mimi. So this is still at the Christmas party. Dee leaned her head on her hand and watched as her uncle clicked through his slideshow of important or funny company events throughout the year anniversaries product lunches and the going away party for wendy her assistant yeah people remember that she didn't kill herself or end up in a sanatorium she just moved to florida
0: which i would argue (laughs) is worse
1: (laughs) sorry to florida but fuck
0: florida (laughs) yeah sorry to florida but can y'all get your government together please
1: (laughs) so just it's so fucking ridiculous that all these rumors about her are flying around and like they're legitimately showing pictures. There's photographic (laughs) evidence of this party of this woman who definitely did not kill herself.
0: (laughs) I'm going to skip almost all of it, but I think that it's very cute that Dee hangs out with Tim and Tim's wife at the party. The first half of it.
1: Janine.
0: Yeah, Janine. And Janine's like, you know, doesn't Janine say like, I think you should meet a nice girl or something like that. Janine is not much of a character, but uh, I like that she exists and that she's nice to Dee.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is a very cute interaction where Dee's definitely staring at Austin. And Tim says, he like kind of looks at what Dee's looking at. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Don't tell me this is still about Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks, Janine asked and leaned to the side to follow their gazes. Who's that? So I love Janine. She's my new secretary, Tim said. I'll introduce you later. She's pretty, Janine said. Dee thinks so too. Would you shut up? (laughs) Her brother was totally missing the jealous undertone and the insecurity in Janine's voice. Men, it's a wonder he's still married.
0: Ah, Tim, you're so oblivious.
1: Oh, Janine took another look at Austin then searched Dee's face. You mean you and she. So Janine's like, "Mm, girl, tell me what's going on.
0: (laughs) Dee isn't expecting to get anything at this secret Santa. But she very surprisingly has a gift and Austin actually hand livers it to her. It is a new mouse.
1: An ergonomic mouse.
0: Yeah, an ergonomic mouse. It's very cute. And it says it looked big enough to fit her hand well, because I guess Dee is just, just a big person.
1: she got big hands. <laughs> Not to be horny on Maine, but Dee, please call me.
0: Girl, what show do you think you're hosting? <laughs> be horny on Maine
1: i always say that whenever i say like anything (laughs) like not to be horny on Maine, but i love my friends (laughs) so not to be horny on maine but d call me my number is 203
0: (laughs) they go over to the bar they order drinks and the bartender does like a a little flip and d starts like goading him she's like i bet you can't do that with your eyes closed (laughs) and he's like yeah just watch me and he just shatters the bottle of rum that he, that he was throwing around.
1: <laughs> but yeah, part of the reason she's kind of goading him is because he was giving Austin the eyes. Mm-hmm. She's being a little possessive.
0: And Dee actually used to be a bartender. She can do little tricks herself. Dee stepped forward. She's right. I told him to do that. Let me take over for a second. Uh, all right. As Jimmy slunk away, she crossed to the other side of the bar, careful not to slip on the wet floor. Jimmy's supervisor stepped out of the way but kept watching her. She grabbed a new bottle of rum, flipped it over her shoulder just as Jimmy had, and caught it smoothly. Impressive, Austin said. You think that's impressive? Watch this. He couldn't resist showing off a little, so she repeated the maneuver with her eyes closed, catching the bottle without missing a beat. Take that, Jimmy.
1: When she opened her eyes, Austin shook her head at her instead of swooning. Are you always this competitive? Pretty much. Guess it's normal when you grow up with four brothers. We're all pretty competitive with each other. Austin's eyes widened. You have four brothers? Dee nodded. Four brothers and, she counted quickly, 11 cousins, all of them male. On my father's side of the family, I'm the first girl born in three generations. Wow. And I thought growing up with my dad and my brother was giving me testosterone overload. So again, just more insight into Dee's family life and how much she's had to fucking fight to get to where she is because of how fucking bonkers her family is yeah so okay here's a part that i highlighted i'm like we need to have a little discussion over this mm-hmm. so the reason de knows how to bartend is because she bartended in school because she wanted to pay her way through school she didn't want to accept her parents money listen i don't fucking care how yeah. much pride you have or how you might think it's like the the fucking noble thing to do if you do not accept a fully paid ride into college you're a fucking idiot
0: yeah my note here says oh shut the fuck up (laughs) i know that this was before college tuition got insane after joe biden you know sponsored and signed a law that meant that bankruptcy wouldn't wipe out student loan debt Hmm. which everyone jacked up their prices as a result because you had to pay them But also, you're rich, don't pretend you're not.
1: Yeah. That's the one part where I would just like irked me. Yeah. yeah, Again, I understand wanting to be noble and, you know, say I can do this on my own, but fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, on the subject of school, I do like that Austin never went to school.
0: Yeah, Austin never got to go to college.
1: Yeah. And
0: Oh boy, as an executive assistant who did not finish college, I definitely empathize with Austin.
1: I feel like we don't see that a lot.
0: No, you really yeah. don't. It's nice.
1: Yeah, it just it reflects on real life more. Yeah. And so she mentions that she has a brother whose name is Brad, but he's actually surprised because Austin's first name is spelled A-U-S-T-E-N, as in like the author.
0: (laughs) Jane Austen.
1: And so Brad is actually short for Bradbury, as in Ray Bradbury. (laughs) So just a fun little bit of information there. Yeah, Austen's
0: name is cute. I think it's nice. Yeah. And then we have a lovely little dreamy moment here. Oh, yes. Austen opened up her mouth to answer but then closed it again. She put down her glass on the bar and looked at Dee. You're very easy to talk to. Did anyone ever tell you that? D laughed. No, most people aren't too fond of my style of communication. Autistic. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Autistic. Complimentary. <laughs> um, I can imagine. Maybe you should try not shouting at them all the time. <laughs> Why don't you talk to everyone else the way you talk to me? Because you're the only one who's not an idiot or a kiss-ass or both. You're not constantly trying to impress me. You're just... I like that.
1: Okay. Let me take a second to say one of my favorite tropes of all time is I hate everybody else except for you. Oh, God, I love that shit so much, so much. Okay, I'm going to talk about something real quick that only few people will understand, very few people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so – I am a part of the Jujutsu Kaisen fandom mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason I ate this shit up so much is because my favorite character would ex- act exactly like D and I'm like, oh God, this is so not to me. Anyway, so uh, that I fictional that. man is the love of my life. So I was eating this shit up. I'm like, oh, this is him. <laughs> this is him. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like sweating. I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> And then we skip ahead to Christmas Day and we see the Saunders family together and oh boy, (laughs) does this sound fucking horrible? Their family gatherings are essentially a glorified board meeting.
0: Yeah. After dinner, all the women go into the kitchen to clean and all of the men go to smoke cigars and have brandy on the porch.
1: Which, again, I've mentioned this before, I'm Latina, this is some fucking machismo ass bullshit Mm -hmm. and so whenever you go to a family gathering with me you will see me be like fuck you i'm not gonna be the only one helping cleaning up i'm like boys get your asses over here i'm not fucking serving you i'm not i'm not your fucking mother and even if i was i wouldn't do this shit for you you're a grown-ass man
0: i empathize it's also in the italians too
1: Mm, hate that shit Mm -hmm. but i'm also i'm the first one to call it out Hell yeah. That's why my family doesn't like me. (laughs) Oh, no. no. I'll tell you off. I don't give a fuck. Exactly. (laughs) You think think I want to impress you? No. Fuck you.
0: (laughs) You know who I am? I have a podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Again, just leaning into how fucking awful this family is. It is Dee and her mother in the kitchen cleaning up after the men. And her mother straight up says, so when will you finally get married and give your father and me some more grandchildren? Several of her sisters-in-law giggled. I don't want children, Mom. I'm too busy with my career. That's what I said before I had you and your brothers. You'll change your mind, too. Just you wait and see if this isn't every single fucking conversation about children that my sister and I have had with my mom. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you wanted to scream.
0: Elaine, when are you gonna move to Long Island and have a bay?
1: <laughs> no, thank you. Do want it to scream. I don't think so. Besides, it's not like I can get pregnant by accident. Mm. Well, it, you can if you are the daughter from Vladimir. <laughs> fuck some stranger in the
0: bathroom. True. <laughs> <laughs> Let me count the ways that you could potentially get pregnant, Dee.
1: Oh, no. It is not
0: impossible for you.
1: And she definitely has the financial resources needed to do like IVF and a bunch of other mm-hmm. things, so you can get pregnant deep. But exactly. that's not the point. The point Just is
0: believe in yourself <laughs> make your mother proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus Christ. But the point here being that her family knows that she's a lesbian. And again, this kind of passive aggressive shit where it's like, you know, if we want to be nice, we can say, oh, you know, they're saying, you know, when are you Mm going to find a nice girl to settle down with and adopt or, you know, find a donor or anything? No, what they're definitely going for here is when are you going to find a nice man to make you realize you're not gay and also to put a baby in you?
0: When are you going to have a man ejaculate inside of you, Dee? (laughs)
1: So she she's looking at her watch and she says, oh, my God, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. But then she realizes she'll have to deal with this again in two days because her birthday is coming up. So then we cut to Austin, who's with her brother, Brad, and they're just like making cookies or something, hanging out. Austin gets a call from Tim because he's left some stuff in the office and he really needs that stuff today. He was going to call somebody else, Miss Phillips, but Miss Phillips went on a cruise or something. Good for her. Something where she knows she had a couple of days off. So she just went totally offline, which, yes, girl, work-life balance. But now he needs Austin to go and get the file for him. But, you know, he's he's a little far away. So she says, well, can I fax it to you? And he says, no, because he also needs the toy prototype. And so she invites her brother and he says, nah, nah." (laughs) he doesn't want to (laughs) go.
0: I'm going to go hang out with my friends instead and probably get high.
1: She's yeah, not that.
0: he's not saying that to you, Dee, but that's the implication to me.
1: Oh, that's exactly what's happening. She grabs everything and she goes over and she's looking for D's car because she says, oh, shit, if this is like a family thing, I'm probably going to see D. I don't really want to see D right now, but she doesn't see D's beamer. so mm-hmm. She says, all right, phew, in the clear. She starts heading towards the cabin, which is more like a fucking forest mansion or some bullshit. yeah. Turns out Dee is here. Dee's just chilling on the porch, clearly hiding from her family. <laughs> <laughs> Which, God, relatable.
0: Also, we gotta talk about the cars here. She parked her eight-year-old Hyundai next to a Jaguar, a Mercedes, and a Bentley. And, of course, Dee's Beamer is not here. And it's like, God, we get it, Ben. You have money. And yeah. all dicks, God.
1: God. Dee asks, like, what are you doing here? And Austin says, oh, I'm here to bring the shit here for Tim. And Dee's like, ah, damn it. Like, that idiot. I told him I could get the file and the prototype. Oh, no, if I let you take my car, you'd spend your birthday alone in the city while the whole family is here, Mr. Saunders said, stepping through the doorway. Yeah, like.
0: (laughs) He's not wrong. He knows her well.
1: (laughs) He's not wrong. Dee wants to get the fuck out of there, but she's trapped, literally trapped. She has no way of getting anywhere because she doesn't have a vehicle. And so Tim says, all right, you want to come in? Like you I don't think you've met Wade, who's our CEO and also their uncle. So she's dragged into this house and Dee's like, mm, well, you know, <laughs> trying to warn you. <laughs> she's introduced to the testosterone brigade, as it is so lovingly called. And she even thinks here, where were the women? Do they keep them chained to the stove? <laughs> Gosh, Austin had been at funerals with more pleasant atmospheres, and this was supposed to be Dee's birthday party? Terrible. So she says hi, and then she says, okay, bye. Supposed <laughs> <Goes> to leave.
0: <laughs> and Dee is like, anyway, I'm of course leaving with Austin, as we all know. Bye.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what are you talking about? Actually, no, it's says Austin who says what? No one else reacts.
0: Yeah, Tim is the only one who puts up a fight because he wants to spend time with his big sister.
1: That And I feel like he probably also realizes how ridiculous his family is. And mm-hmm. so he says, it's like, deeply please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me with them. And so she says, yeah, I have work waiting for me at home. And Tim says, really? Like on your birthday? And she's like, ah, you know, it's not like we're doing anything else here. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, but at least we get to spend some quality time together as a family. He thinks this is quality time, Austin thought. So... Dee's like, okay, I'll be right back. Whatever you do, don't leave without me. <laughs> and so Austin, even though she's not exactly Dee's biggest fan right now, waits for her because she can clearly see fucking horrible as environment is. <laughs> so Austin says, do you really have work waiting for you? Or are you just trying to, is this like an excuse? And Dee says, well, I always have work waiting for me. And so Austin's like trying to look on the bright side. She says, well, at least you got nice presents. Dee says, no, like, I'm going to sell this stuff on eBay. And she tells her what she got for her birthday. So here's what she got. An iPad keyboard and a wool coat from her brothers, a golf umbrella from her uncle, Wade, and pearl earrings from her parents. Oh, and an FDNY calendar with a bunch of half-naked firemen from my cousins. And Janine, Tim's wife, gave me a self-help book about how to heal your emotional self and lead a more balanced life.
0: Very loud gift, (laughs) Janine.
1: Very loud gift. So just to go through these gifts again, she does not own an iPad. The wool coat was two sizes too small. I don't think she plays golf. Her ears are not pierced. And the calendar of the firemen does not appeal to her because she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that she got that she liked on her birthday, she says, was Austin showing up.
0: Yeah.
1: Really cute. Well, showing up to to spring her. Yeah. That's what she said.
0: So... They actually go out into the city, and before Austin drops Dee off at home, she decides to take her to a little restaurant to get her, like, some birthday cake.
1: Which is so cute.
0: Also, I have a note here. So Dee is talking about how she was a very precocious child, spending a lot of time in her Father's office and looking at diagrams and things. And Austin says, bet you were cute. De-raised one brow. Well, everyone seemed to think so. By the time I entered school, words like break-even point and digressive deprecation were part of my everyday vocabulary. My father loved showing me off at parties he threw for his his business friends. The smile on Austin's lips faded. With that kind of vocabulary, wasn't it difficult to talk to other kids your age? I never played with kids my age. They bored the heck out of me. Let me tell you, the autistic energy is off the charts. Not since we had that lesbian river monster counting shit around the room. <laughs> <laughs> have I seen an autistic code character who's not canonically autistic like this.
1: <laughs> Dee invites her in for coffee.
0: And they decide that they are just going to be friends.
1: Just and friends. It's
0: gonna work. Trust me, it's gonna work. Austin hesitated for one more <laughs> moment before sliding her hand into Dee's and shaking it. Friends it is. My note here says <laughs> My note here says, "Don't worry about it, dude. It's gonna last." <laughs>
1: <laughs> My note here is, "Yeah, girlfriends." Ooh,
0: hey, remember when we were gonna do that at the end of gay books? Girlfriends or girlfriends or boyfriends or oh, boyfriends? I forgot
1: about that.
0: Ranking how how queer these characters actually are.
1: These are girlfriends.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've we've not actually run into any like fake gays in yeah, our stories.
1: No. We're like almost halfway through sort
0: of. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. It's like a lot of this book. It doesn't meander, but you can summarize a lot of it quickly.
1: Yeah, like we can skip over a lot of this stuff where you know, they flirt and everything.
0: They play some board games, which slaps. I'm so glad that Austin is a board game gay.
1: <laughs> oh, D meets Toby, who is Austin's very foul mouthed cockatoo. <laughs>
0: Ooh, and here's where I first tell you that I listened to the audiobook. Me too! Oh my god, the Toby (laughs) voice is so fucking good. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna play a clip from the beginning.
2: On her way to the door, she blew Toby a kiss. Wish me luck. Fuck you, the cockatoo warbled. Austin groaned. Thanks a lot for that heartfelt encouragement. She unlocked the door and
0: rushed back into the apartment. Loser! Toby
2: screamed. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Let me tell you, l- let's just talk about this here. This narrator goes fucking hard.
1: Oh my God, she right? She did not
0: have to go so hard, but she did that for but she us. She did.
1: She did that.
0: Listen, I love, I love Adam Gold, who we listened to with, with Love Me Whole, and I love whoever the woman who narrated Vladimir was, but Abby Creighton, the best of them. I would like to talk about one subtle thing that I noticed that she does. She does a slight change in tone between Dean narration and Austin narration.
1: Yes! It's so good. I mean, she ha- she's great. She is. So, you know, they're hanging out now because they're friends and they, they go to like a-, a game together. And Monday morning, her uncle Wade calls her in and he says, sit, I need to have a word with you. Someone saw you on Friday. "'Someone saw you at the Blazers game "'with one of our employees.' "'Dee says, so? "'So? "'Danielle, I won't have you put yourself "'or the company in a position. "'We're just friends, nothing else,' "'Dee said, trying to keep her voice down. "'You're leaving yourself wide open "'to a sexual harassment lawsuit. "'We can't have that. "'We're a company that produces toys for children, "'for Christ's sake. "'The competition's PR department would have a field day "'with our COO being dragged to court for. "'She won't drag me to court. "'I told you, we're friends, nothing more.'" It doesn't matter. I want you to stop seeing her. So she says, you can't tell me what to do. He says, yes, I can. You might be the COO, but you're not exempt from company rules.
0: She says chauvinistic double standards, etc. And her uncle says, the strangest thing. No, goddamn, it's because he's not a member of the family. I have to hold you to higher standards than the rest of my employees. There can't even be a suspicion of nepotism. In my company at which I'm the CEO, my son is on the executive board. My nephew and my niece are also on the executive board. Uh, no, don't, don't worry. There's no nepotism. I feel like this book has a very high amount of don't worry about it, dudes.
1: Don't worry about it, dude.
0: Hit my quota for the year.
1: Anyway, but yeah, so that, that was a very strange thing to say. But it's not only the fact that she's a member of the family, but she makes a very good point where there's another family member who constantly has affairs, affairs. He is a married man and has affairs with people in the company, and yet somehow they're able to, you know, turn a blind eye to that or cover it up. They see no problem with that, really. And yet when Dee tries to do anything, it's immediately like, you have to cut this shit out.
0: God forbid a woman do anything.
1: God forbid a woman do anything. You said it.
0: It's ludicrous.
1: So she says, I see. So family members are held to higher standards. He says, yes. And then she says, must be why Rick was promoted to VP of sales when he had that affair with one of his employees in customer service. And then Uncle Wade says, you, you know about that? Like, <laughs> bruh.
0: It doesn't sound like Rick is subtle.
1: d Sat. Of course I know. I know every little thing that goes on in this company. That's what happens when you spend every waking moment at work. I want to change that, Uncle Wade.
0: I love her saying that, though. I love that turn in the book at this point. Or yeah. She wants to like be a person for real.
1: Yeah, she says she's been putting in like seventy hours a week, and then he says, "No one told you to do that." And she says, "I know, I did it to myself, but now I'm thinking sixty hours should be enough." Which still, holy fuck, sixty hours—that's
0: way too much, still, girl.
1: My <laughs> like, God, working twelve-hour days if you just work Monday through Friday—you
0: shouldn't be doing that unless you're like running your own business, and even then,
1: exactly, like work-life balance. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Yeah." still holding this whole Austin thing over her head. And he says, this can't change. You can't become more than friends. I mean, they shouldn't be friends in the first place, according to him. That's Mm. what he thinks. But it cannot escalate into anything more because this could be a potential PR nightmare. The way they end this conversation is Wade saying, who else knows about Rick and the woman in customer service? No one, Dee said. Let's keep it that way, okay? She nodded and walked out. One more reason not to start anything with Austin. She didn't want to be like her cousin who used their family's powers to get away with his little escapades. So just, God, the last thing he says to her is like, by the way, like still protecting the interests of this fucking relative this piece of shit. His son. Oh, that is his son. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have a scene that typically I would say we should skip over. But I gotta, I gotta talk about this for <laughs> a very specific reason. Okay. So... Austin goes to a little high school basketball game with her close friend, Dawn. Dawn's, uh, wife? Partner of some kind. Serious partner of some kind. Aiden. Yeah, Aiden is, like, coaching this basketball game. They basically have a little talk about life and stuff. Like, ooh, is there a girl you like or whatever? This scene is partly fan service for the, uh, the J Literary Universe, the JLU. mm (laughs) hmm But I got a real problem with what book Jay decided to cross over here. Because the book she decided to cross over is a romantic suspense book. I'm literally getting like a timer app up right now. Two minutes on the clock, starting now, trigger warning, sexual assault. Hi, this is Soak from The editing Booth. This section will be presented to you unedited so that you can skip exactly two minutes ahead from when I stop talking if you want to avoid this topic. You will not at all be missing anything crucial by skipping this. For some reason, in this incredibly lighthearted book, Jay includes this bit here. Um, Her friend Dawn took took her arm as they squeezed through the crowd to find free seats on the bleachers. Austin glanced at her. You okay? Dawn nodded, but her full lips compressed into a tense line. Still not too fond of crowds, that's all. In moments like this, Austin never knew quite what to say or do. Dawn had been raped two years ago, a few months before they had met in an art class. Now her life was mostly back to normal, except for situations like this. And then, later on, at a dinner with these two, we find out, uh... We find out that Austin was, like, the the sex crime cop detective... No, Aiden. Aiden, sorry. Aiden was, like, the sex crime cop... Uh, detective who worked her case, and they like fell in love from there. The book is literally called Conflict of Interest.
1: Um, oh my god! And
0: it's like in this incredibly light-hearted story. It's like, ooh, hee meet cute, a little, a little lesbian romance. Ice Queen working with your boss and romancing her. By the way, her friend was raped two years ago. Find out more in this other book. Oh, my oh my but. <laughs> But look at this fun adventure in the amusement park. And like, what are, why? I get that they both take place in Portland. It's just insane to me.
1: It's out of nowhere. It's totally out of left field. Like, why is this in here? I
0: remember like, I would listen to this bit while I was driving in in my car. It was just like, Don had been raped two years ago. I literally went, oh my God. (laughs) It came, it
1: came out of nowhere.
0: Totally inappropriate for this book. Ten seconds, anything you left, Nicole?
1: It's fucking wild. I don't know if I want to read that book. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Never. No.
0: Anyway, <laughs> time's up. Oh. I think that that section will come basically just as out of nowhere as it does in this book. Probably. And then leave just as free, just as quickly. <laughs>
1: uh back to cuteness
0: uh, yeah back to cuteness oh so one thing so they were working on this like proposal for disney to do toy things with them and disney was like no nah, we're gonna go with someone else
1: definitely not hasbro
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna go with uh Schmazbro. we're gonna go with uh batel <laughs> all the blame for this has for some reason landed on d because she's just the punching bag of this company
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so she went home without a fight tim was like just go home you're so depressed right now and she was like okay Austin goes and like hangs out with her but anyway she answers the door and she's like punching a punching bag a battered punching bag dangled by a chain from the ceiling in the living room d dressed in sweatpants and a gray tank top gave it one last jab with her now bare hands droplets of sweat ran down her sculpted arms Austin licked her lips and tried not to stare at the way the sweat soaked tank top clung to Dee's chest.
1: Ooh. <sighs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Small, but like up there with Edith uh, doing pull ups in Wildfire Griffin.
1: I like I wanna be that person. That's I <sighs> like go to the gym and I'm like deadlifting and shit.
0: <laughs> On oh, <I'm> for real.
1: <laughs> but oh my god, yeah, reading that. <sighs> Dee, please call me.
0: <laughs> also, Dee graduated from Yale, which Connecticut represents
1: New Haven Ooh. County representative. <laughs> also very funny that Dee has a COO off-duty t-shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did she buy that herself?
1: I feel like it had to be like a gift from a secret Santa. Like they couldn't think of anything else to get her. So they were like, sure, we'll get her this.
0: It's either that or Tim bought it for her.
1: Oh, God. Okay. I think it's Tim.
0: Tim is like, now people will know that you are off-duty at some points in time. <laughs> They also get really drunk that night. Like, they have a couple of bottles of wine and watch a movie. And then they wake up in bed together. Fully clothed! But she was lying on her bed, a warm body cuddled up behind her, one arm around Dee's hip, clutching her like a favorite teddy bear. And it's like, that's so cute. Carefully, she peeked over her shoulder and blew out a breath. At least Austin was still fully dressed, and so was she. Her gaze lingered on Austin's face. Sunlight danced over her cheeks, giving them a soft glow. A dusting of freckles covered her nose, and Dee found herself wanting to roll over and kiss them. Austin's lashes fluttered, and her eyes drifted open. Her gaze still hazy, she smiled at Dee. For a moment, Dee forgot about being late, even though her headache seemed to subside. Sometimes you look at your girlfriend- I'm sorry, not girlfriend, and everything just kind of fades away.
1: Your friend who's a girl, that's what I, you know- Exactly,
0: girl. Friend. Like how the old people use it.
1: Yeah, they're just friends. <laughs> yes, they're preserved in rock because Mount Vesuvius erupted, and they're t- in a tightly in a tight yeah. embrace. But they're just friends.
0: <laughs> Austin meets this girl at the gym, who she's not really like that interested in. She really only has eyes for D. And this girl asks her out, and Austin, in like a moment of almost jealousy in the implication that d might be seeing other women without telling her for some reason austin is like yeah sure i'll go on a date and she goes on this date and at the end of it this woman is like yeah you're you're nice but um it seems like you're really not over your ex. So you talk about this d woman all night oh, no. <laughs> it's like <oof. laughs> that's uh that's rough
1: big oof
0: Within like 10 pages of each other, I have a note here highlighting something that just says plural, and then another note highlighting something that says autistic. (laughs) 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 That's that's just how I read books. (laughs) If you have anything interesting between where we were and and there, let me know.
1: I don't think I did. They just like watch movies and shit.
0: Basically. It's a slow burn. There's a lot of just nice fluff, a lot of getting to know each other.
1: There's talks about
0: their families.
1: Yeah, little things like... D getting sweet popcorn instead of salty because that's what Austin likes. Just cute little things. Yeah. Oh, now I want kettle corn.
0: I hate kettle corn. I, really? listen, listen, I used to work at a movie theater, dear listeners. <laughs> D says here with regards to kettle corn, any popcorn is better than no popcorn at the movies. I have a note here that says, please die. <laughs> and then D threw a piece of popcorn at her, not about to be outdone. Austin grabbed a handful and threw it back. Hey, grinning like a Viking about to dive into battle, Dee reached into the paper bowl with both hands to gather ammunition. The popcorn war quickly escalated until a woman in the row in front of them turned and shushed them. And I wrote, Please die. Oh no. Like, just stop it. And with kettle corn. Kettle corn is the most fucking irritating thing to make and maintain at the theater. Because basically nobody orders it, but you have to make it. And then the people who want it, want it like fresh. And it's like, I'm not making a whole fucking batch of kettle corn. which is going to take like six or seven minutes, which you oh don't gosh. want to wait here for just so that you can have slightly warmer kettle corn, kettle corn that will like burn your tongue off because it has molten sugar on it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, my theater trauma.
1: I'll I'll take the, the prepackaged shit. I'm not picky. <laughs> there we
0: go. That's fine.
1: Or like the fucking pop secret shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. There was another book we read recently where they where they mentioned like layered butter popcorn. I was like, oh fucking fuck right off. <laughs> the motherfuckers would come up to the concession stand and they're like, Can I have a medium popcorn? But can you like do popcorn then butter, then popcorn then butter? And it's like, it takes me so much longer and your thing is going to be way heavier and just gross. You're just going to have anyway, I can't I can't talk about this. Because I'm just going to continue to go off. (laughs) So they go on a hike.
1: They go on this hike because Dee says like this is her happy place. Like she likes to hike. Mm -hmm. And Austin wanted to get her out of the office because Dee's just been in there.
0: They go on a nice little hike. They have a little lunch together, including a handmade chocolate mousse that Dee made for Austin specifically.
1: Yeah.
0: It's after the part that I want to talk about.
1: Oh, so what did you want to talk about?
0: I want to talk about where she talks about this date a little bit. And she says, like, there's there was no spark. And Austin says, like, it's probably a good thing. By now, I probably forgot what to do with a woman. Austin says it's been three years, two months and 14 days (laughs) since she's last had sex with a woman. But who's counting? (laughs) I find that so amazingly funny and sad. And Dee is just absolutely shocked. She says, there was no way no one had expressed interest in a woman like Austin for over three years. Portland's lesbians couldn't be that blind, could they? Three years, two months, 14 days. I'm trying to, like, beautiful mind this here. That means, depending on when she got out of her relationship with Brenda, either she hadn't had sex with Brenda for about... for about... eight months before they broke up, or... She had a one night stand with a woman or a very short relationship with a woman after Brenda, about two months after Brenda. So that's, that's my, <laughs> my Sherlocking her, her <laughs> dates here. Anyway, that was stupid. I'm cutting that out.
1: <laughs> um, oh, and then they talk about Brenda. Mm, yeah. Dee's, you know, clearly shocked that Austin hasn't had any kind of sexual contact and so long so austin says after brenda i wasn't exactly in a hurry to get involved with anyone else
0: one thing i'll say is that d absolutely nails it uh austin says that she was with brenda for nearly four years d stopped walking four years that's not dating austin that's practically a marriage and it's like yeah that's a really serious relationship to be the other woman for
1: four years being the other woman i'm still not over that I don't think i will ever be over that.
0: I want to read Brenda's book.
1: Me too.
0: Please, Jay, give us your evil book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Villain Era.
0: Dark Jay, give us give <laughs> us over a daddy star.
1: <laughs> like I know we got into it, but I don't, I'm wondering if I actually want to like read through Oh yeah, go. Ahead. So you ran into Brenda in San Diego and then Austin sorted ran into is exactly right. I hit her rental car. That's how we met. Should have been a sign, right? But at first, everything was going great. At least I thought so. Three years ago, while we were opening presents on Christmas Day, she told me that she couldn't see me anymore. Totally out of the blue. What a bitch. How long had you been dating? Nearly four years. Four years? That's not dating, Austin. That's practically a marriage. Were you living together? Yeah, at least part-time. Part-time? Brenda didn't live in San Diego year-round. She was a sales rep for a company that made medical equipment, so she had to travel a lot. Well, that was the reason she gave for all the canceled dinners, the phone calls, and the weekends I had to spend alone. She was cheating on you? Austin nodded. To be more precise, she cheated on her partner with me. What? Austin nodded. I should have known. All the warning signs were there. My friends warned me time and again. But every time I confronted Brenda, she assured me there was no one but me. I was stupid enough to believe her. I even gave up a job I loved and moved to Portland for her, leaving all of my family and friends behind. Just because I hoped she would have more time for me if I lived in the city where her company's headquarters was, if that's not stupid, I don't know what is. Like, damn.
0: I one detail that I didn't pick up the first time that is very obvious to me now is that Brenda was driving a rental car, which means that she was out of town on a trip already, like away from her regular partner. Mm-hmm. And she hits this woman. And she's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll fuck her, I guess."
1: Fucking Brenda. Yeah. Fuck you, Brenda.
0: I kind of like the balls on Brenda.
1: Oh, Brenda's... Okay, Brenda, terrible person. Great character. Yeah,
0: for real. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Like, Bev from Eight Kinky Nights, I will hunt her down and fight her. Mm -hmm. Brenda from Under a Falling Star, I want to meet her. I want to have coffee with her. I want to have an affair with her. And then I want to break her heart.
1: Oh, see, for me, for Brenda... I want to follow her on every social media account. (laughs) Uh Uh, And I want to live vicariously through her Instagram stories and then hear through the grapevine that all this shit happened and then stalk her social media accounts to see how things line up in the timeline. Like, oh, she was in San Diego this weekend. She's the person that I do not want to like have – Any kind of relationship with, but I want to be in a similar circle so I can get all the all the juice, (laughs) all the hot gas.
0: That tracks. While they're hiking, Austin slips and almost falls off of a cliff wall. (laughs) Um,
1: It do be like that sometimes.
0: Yeah, and Dee catches her, and she's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And then they kiss. (laughs) 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 Dee couldn't say who moved first or how it started. Their lips pressed against each other in a hungry kiss, fueled by fear and anger. She wound her fingers into Austin's hair and pulled her closer, feeling Austin clutch her back in return. After a moment, the kiss gentled and their lips slid against each other with, like soft velvet. So much soft velvet in this book.
1: Yeah. I feel
0: like Jay wants to be ensconced in velvet like George Costanza.
1: That, or like, fuck, I forgot the characters in the last book.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, Leah.
1: Yeah, like Leah. Yeah. From I think I made Nights. that same joke.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they had plans for, like, the following weekend, I think. But they say, oh, we're going to postpone them. It's going to be warmer in, like, a month or two, so let's wait till then. So they realize they cannot be around each other platonically. Yeah. Can't do it. So they realize that they need space.
0: And they take space for two months.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Ah. guess who shows up out of nowhere at the office one day?
0: It's Brenda, bitch.
1: (laughs) Brenda coming on in here,
0: so Brenda started working for kudos, and Austin sees her first, and then she's like weirded out by it, and like, by the way, also Brenda like drops by the way, I broke up with my wife or whatever, whoever the other other woman was to me. The
1: balls to mention that, like, oh, by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> just in case.
1: Brenda, you bitch, I love you. <laughs>
0: So D sees her, and she sees how she and Austin are looking at each other. And is like, what is going on? Does Austin know this woman? And so she talks to her cousin who hired her. And he's like, oh yeah, Brenda, she's my new sales manager. And D says, fire her. He's like, I can't just fire her. And she says, fire her or your dad will find out about your latest affair with Vanessa the receptionist. So Dee gets Brenda fired, and then Austin runs into Brenda on her way out, and first of all, tells her off, because Brenda's like, will you call me sometime? The number is still the same. And it's like, again, the balls on
1: Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) Brenda, you crazy bitch, I love you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Austin tells her off, and then she goes up to Dee's office, And she's like, Did you get Brenda fired? And Dee's like, Yeah, sorry, I thought it would be more comfortable for you. I just couldn't stand the thought of you like having to work with this woman who hurt you so badly every day. And it's like, Oh, that's sweet. But then Austin's like, rehire her you fucking idiot. That's not your decision to make.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like you can't just do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What D does is she has Brenda hired back but to an office in New York which like, sure, i Brenda's life. Who cares?
1: Well, <laughs> also, like, Austin was too nice about it because she says Brenda's always wanted to go to New York. Yeah. I don't know, I guess to make up for the fact that she got fired after only being there for a couple days
0: <laughs> yeah, for no reason. I think it was her first May, actually.
1: At will hiring, am I right?
0: Yeah, at will hiring, Jesus.
1: Mm. So a couple weeks later, Tim and Dee meet with their Uncle Wade, and Uncle Wade says, I'm sure you all heard about our deal with Disney that fell through back in February. So they've had to look for other opportunities since then and potential partners. And Universal Studios is now on that list of potential partners. The theme park, so not the studio itself. They want that account. Uncle Wade walked down the row of leather chairs. His steps paused behind Dee's chair and then he dropped another folder in front of her. Here are two plane tickets and two front of line passes for the park. I've booked you into the Hilton for a week. I want you and your assistant to go down to LA on Monday for some research and then come up with a proposal that'll blow their socks off gritted her teeth I don't have an assistant You still haven't hired someone I hired 3 someone's none of them worked out I guess you could take Timothy's assistant for now This is your chance to make up for the Disney debacle
0: Yes ha <laughs> yes Yes
1: a forced proximity yes <laughs> <laughs> I love that trope but also what a fucking asshole to be like you could do this to make up for the Disney thing like it was oh, her yeah, fault yeah asshole but also yes <laughs> yes <laughs> give it to me feed it to me
0: it would only be better if there were only one bed
1: oh my god that would have been just chef's just, just kiss
0: <laughs> so yeah Dee and Austin go on this trip to Universal Studios and they hang out in the park and do some research and they ride some rides research yeah research two things that I absolutely love one is that Dee sees Frankenstein's monster, and she says, Let's see who's got the bigger one. Dee dragged her over to the tall actor with the greenish-gray makeup. The bigger what? Scar, of course. Dee was almost as tall as the monster, and Austin took a picture of the two of them with their foreheads side by side. Afterward, Dee checked out the photo on the display of the digital camera. All right, you win, she told the actor. He nodded sagely, not breaking character by smiling. And it's like, that's such a cute little moment of like- It
1: really is. I love seeing her at the theme park because Mm -hmm. she'd like never been to one. Her childhood was garbage. Yeah. And so it's very cute seeing her do things like that and going on a roller coaster. She's precious. I I love this. I love when we have our Ice Queen character and we see them loosen up. Oh, it makes me so happy. I live for this shit.
0: So good. So they go on this Jurassic Park ride. It's a water ride, I guess. And they go down this huge thing and there's a picture. And Dee and Austin look at the picture and Austin looks at it and Dee has her arm like wrapped around Austin. And she's like, we look like a couple there. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. A couple of besties.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a couple of gals being pals. Mm hmm. Yes, so they're soaking wet, and so they say, oh, let's go back to the hotel and, you know, get into some dry clothes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have two separate rooms, but there's a door connecting them, and Dee knocks on Austin's door and thought that she heard come in, but it was something more along the lines of, like, give me a minute, something like that.
0: Something that definitely does not sound the same, but okay.
1: Come in, minute, maybe through, like, a door. (sighs)
0: Okay, okay.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: Your door and, and you know, being gay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Dee <laughs> walks in and Austin is in her robe, towel drying her hair. And Dee says, oh, like, sorry, I'll come back in. And Austin's like, oh, no, it's fine if you don't mind uh, my less than professional wardrobe. So, yeah, so they they exchange some ideas about, like, toys. Austin took an extra long time in the shower because all her best ideas come in the shower. Relatable. <laughs> they start brainstorming for a little while. They have dinner, like they, so they they get room service. You know, there's a little bit of you know like little little knee touching, you know, there's mm-hmm. them accidentally brushing up against each other still in their robes, they're really comfy. And so D asks, "Tell me again why you work as a secretary." Austin says, "Uh why wouldn't I? Because your talents are totally wasted on that job. We should fire Alejandro and hire you as the head of our creative team." "You really think I'm that good?" Hell yes, you're fantastic. Each of these ideas could be worth millions. I could kiss you. Flushed with exuberance, she leaned forward and did just that.
0: Listeners, you can't see, but I am absolutely beaming over here.
1: Me too. I'm going to throw up. This is so fucking cute.
0: So they have an incredibly passionate kiss in which they really like press together and lean Austin onto the bed.
1: I do want to read this kiss. It's just so good. The soft touch of Austin's lips against her startled her, awake, as if from a dream. But before she could pull back and apologize, Austin pressed closer and returned the kiss. Her lips were soft and parted as she moaned into Dee's mouth. The sound made Dee's head spin. She tangled her fingers in Austin's damp hair and deepened the kiss. Their mouths molded together and their tongues touched. Heat rolled through Dee. She groaned and lost herself in the taste and feel of Austin. Austin's hands roved over her back. Dee couldn't get enough. She pressed closer until Austin's breasts brushed the underside of hers to the thick terry cloth. Paper crinkled as they sank onto the bed with Dee on top. Instantly, Austin's legs parted, allowing full body contact. Breathing heavily, they paused and stared at each other. Austin's eyes were the most amazing shade of blue Dee had ever seen. Her cheeks were flushed and her hair messy from Dee's fingers. Beautiful. Oh my god. That should be me.
0: Oh god. Why <laughs> can't
1: that be me? Will it, will it be my turn?
0: Then Austin's like, we shouldn't do this, and Dee's like, yeah, we definitely shouldn't. But maybe if we <laughs> got it out of our system, like just this once, it would all get easier. And Austin's like, yeah, just this once. And I'm here, like, yes, <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I've never been such a sicko for another book. This for had real. This, this the hold that this had on me. It's, it's ridiculous.
0: Jay really gave <sighs> us it all. and speaking of giving it their all fucking then the narrator oh my god like this scene Mm. first of all nicole tell me what she thought of this scene so we can both agree that it's sexy
1: yes i just wish it was longer
0: (laughs) yes agreed but the writing of the scene is fantastic the narration of this scene took it fucking over the top
1: oh my god i I gotta play it oh my god
2: despite her best intentions She couldn't help worshipping Austin's breasts. She nibbled and sucked, enjoying the contrast of silky skin surrounding the hardened nipple. After a while, she switched to the other breast until Austin squirmed beneath her, her hips undulating. She shivered as she felt Austin's wetness against her skin. God, Dee! She tightened her grip on Dee's hands. This is killing me! Just please! The need in her voice made Dee's breath catch. Tell me. Tell me what you need. She swirled her finger around Austin's clit. Austin pressed her entire body upward against her, opening herself to her touch. More. Dee kissed her once again, and then dipped two of her fingers lower and into her. Bracing herself on her left forearm, she shifted above Austin and rolled her hips in time with her hand. Austin bucked against her, urging her on with moans and gasped encouragements. Oh, yes, so close. They felt her own wetness grow, but she ignored it and focused solely on Austin. She wanted to tell her to slow down. This was too good to be over so soon. If this was the only time she wanted it to last... Careful, you... Oh, God, Austin! Shudders rippled through her as Austin sucked harder. Orgasm washed over her.
0: Uh, listen. What What, what,
1: was, what was her name again? What was this the name again Abby Creighton?
0: Hey, Abby! Uh, thank you for your service frankly
1: please call me my phone number is okay so
0: so I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to feel weird saying it (laughs) call me
1: oh my god I'm sweating it's 48 degrees out and like my windows are open but I'm sweating right now because that was oh
0: I went back and listened to that like Four times, Me like too. over the course I... of like the last two days.
1: And I like reread it multiple times too. Yeah. It's just Jay.
0: Before we continue like analyzing this sex scene, I regret to inform you readers, this is the only sex scene. And frankly, there have been many horrible acts against humanity in this <laughs> world. It's true. I think I speak for everyone when I say that <laughs> under a falling star having <laughs> having <clears throat> under a falling star having only one sex scene is worse than 10 million <laughs> ow.
2: ow I never snort
1: <laughs> it caught me I
2: tried so hard to get through I'm
1: crying <laughs> Oh, my God. Whew. God. So true, bestie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Jay, you got to give us more.
1: Jay, please. As (laughs) uninterested as I am about Aiden and Dawn's story, just because of things mentioned before, Mm -hmm. the chance of there being another sex scene written by Jay is... Very tempting.
0: You you're gonna be thrilled when I tell you she has dozens of books.
1: Oh god, yes. We're gonna have to revisit. Oh god, that that this honestly is probably one of my favorite sex scenes that we've read yeah. so far. Again, my biggest criticism, my only problem with it is that it's not longer. Yeah. If you're only gonna give me one, it needs to be like seventeen and a half pages long, minimum. Which I mean-
0: Is very true to the scene.
1: Like, Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, like I just played there. Like, when she slipped back into bed, Austin immediately reached up to touch her breasts. Oh no, if she allowed Austin to touch her now, this would be over too soon. If this was the only time, she wanted to last. But then she comes immediately anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I see both of you girls. It's been a long time.
1: (laughs) It's so good.
0: It's hard to pick favorite moments here.
1: Oh, the whole thing is a moment. Honestly. And it is my favorite. The end. Oh my God. This, again, being one of my favorite things, is really up there in the same realm as the hand job in the parking lot scene in Lovely yeah. Hole. Oh God. That was just, mm. really hot. Also, Nanny and the Beast, the pool scene.
0: Also, mm. very
1: hot. So, like, those I okay. think are like some of my top ones right there.
0: Yep. Okay, two things. One is that D has to stop herself from, like, making love to Austin. Oh my She's god, She's like, yes. this needs to be passionate and not romantic, because Austin is still an employee. We shouldn't be doing this at all, but we really shouldn't be doing this romantically. I need to stop. Which, like, yes. <laughs> and then, when Austin is about to go down on her, she kisses her lower abdomen and then stops and she asks, is this okay? Like, We love the consent.
1: It's so good. (sighs) Uh.
0: Also, last one. Unable to do more than hold on, Dee surrendered herself to the pleasure shooting through her body. She knew she was saying something, maybe screaming, but she had no idea what.
1: I'm gonna McFuckin' throw myself off my balcony.
0: (laughs) I just could not believe how good this was. Because, like, 30% of the way into this book, this part comes about 60% of the way in.
1: Mm -hmm. But
0: listeners, trust me, we're speeding through a lot of that 40%. Yes. 30% of the way through this book, I was like, is this going to have a sex scene? I was genuinely unsure.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Like there was a lot of flirting and a lot of like, like little bits of dirty talk, but it seemed like not exactly chaste, but it seemed tame. Yes. And I was like, I really, really hope this doesn't disappoint. And it did not. The only disappointment is that, we didn't get
1: more. I wanted so much more. I want more. I want straight up porn from Jay.
0: God. Where is Jay's fanfic? Where are these authors' fan... So many of these authors we read clearly do fanfic. Where is Clearly. It? I want to read it. Nikki James, send me your fanfic. Georgia Lacar, send me your fanfic. Jay, send me your fanfic.
1: Please. Danny
0: Collins, you probably don't have any, but send it to me anyway. Write so send it to <laughs> me.
1: Please. That's the thing. I just, I know we've talked about this before, but when we say something's written like fanfic, 99% of the time it's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I read some great stuff in fanfic.
1: Oh my God, yes. It, it's just, I, I guess it's because it's so fan service y and self indulgent, which is why mm-hmm. fanfic can get like so detailed and just so nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you don't see this kind of writing unless this person has fanfic background.
0: Mm -hmm. or they're like specifically writing like porn
1: yeah anyway shout out to girls and fandoms because y'all are the backbone of this society let's be Mm -hmm. real yep like the fucking k-pop stands spamming like (laughs) bastards on twitter and stuff like
0: (laughs) fuck yeah god also this book is impossible to search for on tumblr because you just get k-pop when you search (laughs) under falling star j oh no (laughs) get all sorts of jae and <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So the, the next, next day. morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next day we have the most frustrating set of scenes for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. both of them are like, she's not talking about it. Clearly she regrets it or doesn't want to do it again or is thinking of it just casually. Like in unison, they are both thinking that. But then they actually decide to talk. And... They become girlfriends.
1: So I love this because I feel like this whole lack of communication thing could have been dragged out. Not saying that I wanted it or that it should have, but it could have been because I've seen that in a lot of other pieces mm. of fiction where it's just drawn out. And so for them to just literally the morning after communicate that, hey, this can't just be a one time thing for me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. And I love them. Like, I'm sorry, Dee said. I know we said we'd move on after one night, but... But? Austin prompted softly. Her heartbeat hammered against her ribs, and she barely dared to breathe, afraid she'd miss the answer. Dee gave a small smile. After being with you, that's pretty much impossible. You're hard to forget. Like, yes, that's so cute.
1: That's so good. And again, just like, I love the communication. I hate... When something that could be so easily solved with one conversation gets dragged on for 50 chapters, mm-hmm. this was good. And also, I feel way more realistic.
0: Yeah. I feel like most people just talk about things.
1: Like, these are grown-ass women, you know? Yeah. They fly back to Portland, and it's kind of that whole situation where, like, they were not in the real world at mm-hmm. when they started their relationship. And so sucks now that they have to go back to their real lives because the gravity of the situation really starts sinking in because of the power imbalance at work they can't be seen together really in the office definitely not being affectionate towards each other they can't risk being seen by coworkers or other members of the board or whatever and it starts to like really sink in on them but they want to postpone it for a little longer so they end up spending the night together hmm And they're like, we'll deal with this in the morning, essentially. But we do see that come up throughout like the rest of the book.
0: Yeah, that's really the plot for the rest of the book.
1: Yeah, where it's like, we know we shouldn't be doing this, but we're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it reaches the point where Dee says that, you know, she thinks she's not any better than Brenda because she's also keeping Austin a secret. And it's not sustainable. And she knows this and she sees that it's going to start Taking a toll on Austin. Mm -hmm. So while that's happening in the background, Dee presents the results of the little research trip to the board and they seem to really like it. And she also credits Austin in the whole thing. And they say, oh, we'll give her a nice little bonus, which.
0: Completely wave her off.
1: Yeah, exactly. And D at the moment, is kind of like, what the fuck? She deserves more. Like she's clearly shown how good she can be at this if you just gave her the opportunity.
0: I mean, as she said, right before the sex, each of these ideas are like million dollar ideas.
1: Yeah. Listen, as a person who has saved a company millions of dollars and never (laughs) saw any kind of kickback or one time didn't even receive a thank you, that shit fucking sucks.
0: Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. edited many scientific manuscripts and submitted them to papers and not gotten my name on them.
1: Love that.
0: Sending that too. All that, you know, groundbreaking research. I'm not saying put an author credit
1: on me, but put me in the fucking special thanks. Anyway. Anyway. It sucks not getting credit or when credit is due.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, here's a meme thing. Nicole, does your phone have a speed
1: dial? Not anymore.
0: Did it have a speed dial in 2014? In
1: 2014, I do not think it had speed dial. Speed dial, I don't think has been a thing since we used like T9. Yeah. There is like a favorites tab thing on my phone, okay. but you can't change the order of that. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes up.
0: So Dee at one point realizes that she still has work as number one on her speed dial and she has Austin as number two. And she makes the very private, cute decision to just switch it. She doesn't announce it to Austin or anything. She's just like, oh, I should rectify that.
1: And it's just showing that she's finally prioritizing something else over work because work consumed her entire life before.
0: Yeah. And so one incredibly cute thing that leads into an important plot point, it is their two month anniversary, which that is not what anniversary means, but I will (laughs) let it slide. And. Dee gives Austin a nice chocolate cake and a little gift. And inside the gift is a framed picture of them on the Jurassic Park water ride from their trip. Austin says, how did you get this? I thought they erased them if nobody claims them that day. Dee answered with a mysterious grin. I have my ways. You certainly do. Austin stood to kiss her. Thank you. Nicole, what is your headcanon for how she got this?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, She called the park... And was like, give me this. I will give you so much fucking money.
0: <laughs> A good one. My personal headcan. she bought it that day.
1: Shut the fuck up. Well, because I think the biggest thing is when would she have done that without her noticing? But I'm going to say that she went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And while she was in the bathroom, Dee went and got this picture.
0: Yeah. Something like that is what mm-hmm. I have to assume. And she didn't consciously think of it as a romantic thing that she was doing, but she saw that and she was like, that makes me feel happy. I want that.
1: I love your headcanon more than mine, where it's like, oh, yeah, like this was definitely something that I did not do in advance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <sighs> I love them. Yeah. I want to date both of them.
0: God, for real. Are well... Sadly, we know Austin probably isn't Polly. Has trauma around that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda. Brenda though. Brenda,
1: Brenda, come. You should just
0: be Polly. Like real talk, Brenda, you're Polly. You need to own it.
1: Yeah, don't be an asshole.
0: Yeah. Way more people are Polly than they think they are.
1: Okay, so we get to this really cute scene where they're in the break room and Dee asks Austin out on a date, but not directly because I believe it's Rick who's in there. No, it's Tim. Oh, it's Tim. Yeah, Tim saying something. And they were talking about dates and Dee says, oh, you know, if I were to go on a date, I would say dinner at Le Pigeon at 7 something something. And so, you know, Austin was picking up what Dee was putting down. And, you know, they're going to go on this cute, their their first date, their first official date.
0: Also, it's a really fancy restaurant.
1: Really fancy. So she ends up wearing this beautiful emerald dress that she bought for some event at some point in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Dee doesn't show up or she's exceedingly late.
1: Yes, because Dee got caught up at work. But like, she's really hard on herself about it because she says, oh, my God, like she wants to put Austin first like she wants Austin to be her first priority but you know work is such a huge part of her life she's been working for the company for 14 years and you know she's on track to become CEO and Austin's pretty cool about it all things considered because even D acknowledges the fact that you, like Austin has trauma surrounding this kind of thing of you know being ghosted or having to wait on people because Brenda was off fucking somebody else
0: yeah and they have a nice communication about it Austin is like, it really makes me feel the same way that I did when I was with Brenda. And Dee is like really hurt by that. And she's like, it's not the same. And Austin says, no, it's not. I just wanted to say how it made me feel. And now let's move on.
1: So good. Yeah.
0: And it's like Dee is confused. She's like, I'm forgiven. And Austin's like, yeah, just set an alarm next time.
1: And she does. It's so good.
0: Mm hmm. So there is this company picnic, and in it, marketing and operations play a volleyball game against each other. Mm -hmm. And really, it is mostly Tim and Dee playing volleyball against each other. (laughs) Yeah. And Dee is yelling at her subordinates a little bit. Like, she thinks that she's just having fun, but everyone else is clearly not having fun, and Austin has to, like, pull her aside in a very subtle way and be like, hey, you're being an asshole. (laughs) Like,
1: hyper-competitive.
0: Yeah, D spikes the ball over the net and it just absolutely beans Austin in the <laughs> face. It <laughs> just knocked out cold.
1: I didn't knock her out, but I did spike a ball into someone's face once and she did fall on her butt. <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt so bad in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> Do you know the... um? the are you fucking sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listeners there is a there's an i think it i forget if it's 4chan or reddit but it's a little story it's 4chan
1: of like, a green yeah, text yeah
0: it's a green text of like accidentally like hitting somebody in the face playing soccer in gym and running up to them and trying to say both i'm so fucking sorry and are you okay at the same time (laughs) and they just end up yelling are you fucking sorry oh it's so good
1: classic classic (laughs) i think about that all the time
0: yeah i try not to say that so often
1: (laughs) (laughs) are you fucking sorry
0: (laughs) There is, like, a whole little sequence where Tim and Dee are there, like, going back and forth on, like, should somebody take Austin home? And, like, Dee is trying to, like, not dote on her in public and not absolutely swaddle her into her arms and kiss every inch of her face to apologize. Afterwards, Dee is doing just that (laughs) at Austin's place, and Tim shows up. And he's like, Austin, I just wanted to check on you and make sure your fucking minor head injury is okay.
1: (laughs) It was probably also like a liability thing where it's like, oh, shit, this was a company event. (laughs) Don't sue us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they had a conversation a little bit before this of like, can we start telling certain trusted people like Austin's friends? And Austin brought up the possibility of telling Tim. Mm hmm. Because Tim is like the only family that Dee trusts, even though she still to a degree lumps him in with the other men in the family because he doesn't stand up for her like he should. hmm. Even though he clearly loves her so much. So Dee, when they realize that it's, it's like Tim knocking at the door, Austin tells her to go hide in the bathroom and she's like, you know what, fuck this. And she opens the door and she's like, hi, Tim, she's in the living room. And Tim is like, what's going on? And Austin's like, well, she just had the same idea you did. She decided to come in and check on me. And D says, and I fucking quote, of course I did. Any girlfriend worth her salt would do that. And literally when I read that, you know, inside I was like, oh, but outside I was like, like, is this <laughs> is this the time? Even though I know it's going to be okay, I'm so invested. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, <laughs> what a huge step.
1: But then they talk about the potential repercussions of this where Wade would definitely totally find a reason to fire Austin.
0: Can we also take a quick second where at the very beginning of this book, Austin walks into the Kudos lobby and sees Vanessa the secretary, who Rick is having an affair with. And she has a pink streak in her hair. And Austin is like, at least this seems like a a pretty like chill, progressive company. And then here, almost 300 pages later, (laughs) we get like the punchline to that, which is Tim saying, I thought you didn't like Ricky using his position at the company to protect his latest fling when Uncle Wade didn't like that pink streak in her hair. And now you're basically doing the same. And it's like okay, so this isn't a chill atmosphere. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> it's just that one of the higher-ups is fucking her. Okay, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, Tim's response to that is, wait a minute, you know about Ricky's affair with Vanessa? Everybody knows about this fucking affair.
0: Yeah, oh my God.
1: So, like, everybody knows about this fucking piece of shit. Fucking everyone in the company.
0: <sighs> Ain't that just the way? Fucking open secret.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tim says, You're right, I just can't help worrying about what will happen when Uncle Wade finds out. He hasn't been in the best mood since that Disney debacle.
0: Austin almost, like, leaps to Dee's defense being like, why does everyone keep bringing that up in relation to Dee as if she personally lost this Disney deal? But she decides not to because she already shouted at Tim once. <laughs> oh, also, as we allude to before, there is a rumor going around <laughs> that Dee spiked the ball at her purposefully as revenge for Austin bashing her over the head with the tree topper. <laughs> and, you know, at the beginning of the book, Dee was like, doesn't anyone in this company have anything better to do than gossip all day? And back then I was like, you know, she's kind of a hard ass. But now I'm like, does anyone have any work to do? Or are we all just creative writing all day?
1: Well, like, Austin, like, has the same thought process where she defends everyone earlier. She's like, oh, you know, like, people just gossip. It's fine. Like, you know, they have plenty of work to do. They're so great, whatever. And then later on, she's like, maybe they don't have anything to do. All they do is <laughs> fucking gossip. So like, her mindset <laughs> changes too.
0: Yeah, God. Also, we get a name of a person who spread a rumor here specifically, Catherine in finance.
1: Catherine, you bitch.
0: You bitch. In your arrogance, who spread a rumor about my girlfriend.
1: Real quick, something that just occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Kudos entertainment. Why kudos? Kudos is what you leave on a fic on AO3. Oh. So maybe, maybe.
0: Jay, drop us the link. (laughs) You don't have to do it yourself. You can do it anonymously.
1: Yeah. At some point later in the future, Austin gets a call from her dad. And he says, oh, like, I'm going to be in the area this weekend. So, like, let's hang out. But Austin had plans to go hiking with Dee that weekend. But she realizes that her dad says this in a very serious tone. So whatever he needs to talk about is, you know, he's coming out to see her, you know? Mm -hmm. so she lets d know this and d says okay again very cool very understanding of the whole situation so austin's dad comes over and he's not dying which was my initial thought (laughs) my
0: initial thought was actually the correct one i was very happy i called it
1: oh when i once i figured out he wasn't dying i was like oh he's he's engaged yeah yeah and that's exactly what happened
0: my other guess was that girlfriend was pregnant
1: oh my god she would have to be like young
0: Mm -hmm. you never know terrifying. <laughs> we should talk about Austin's mom very briefly. Yes. Austin's mom died of cancer when she was like 16 and it really kind of fucked up the trajectory of her life in a lot of ways. She wasn't able to go to college because she had to take care of her brother because her father wasn't really able to take care of him. And if something happened to their father, she wouldn't be able to like keep custody of her brother essentially. So she really needed to like keep it together.
1: Yeah, her father is or was in the military. Yeah. So, you know, he wasn't always around to help out. And after losing her mother, one of her biggest concerns was also losing her father because one, you know, she doesn't want her dad to die. But also, yeah, because she wouldn't be able to take care of Brad legally.
0: Yeah. And so one very sweet little conversation that she and D have is about her mother and about how her mother was the first person that she ever came out to. She said that she, like, was really afraid to do it. She struggled with that decision for months, not sure if she could burden her terminally ill mother with that knowledge. When she finally told her, her mother had thanked her. She hadn't thought about it in years, but now she remembered what else her mother had told her, and she had to smile. She told me that she would be my guardian angel and would see her nice, good-looking woman my way. I thought that was really sweet. And, um, a couple sentences later, she just thinks to herself, thanks, Mom which is just heartwarming and heart shattering. And you didn't have to go this hard.
1: But you did for us.
0: It's also so corny, but also like, I love it. It's so fitting with this book.
1: So Dee is invited over for dinner. Austin's dad says, yeah, invite her over. And so she does and they get along quite well. Now we get the date for the wedding, which is January 10th, I believe, Mm -hmm. but it's in January because Caroline... Wanted a winter wedding. Because she's insane. The aesthetic. Well, they're also, oh no, they're in Portland. So it's like not even that cold there. Not like it is here.
0: Oh, true. Yeah, British Columbia area. The Mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest doesn't get that cold, I
1: guess. Yeah. I mean, if you were to have a January wedding here, get ready for four degree weather, baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. My grandparents had, uh, I. this is like the only story that I remember about uh, my grandparents, like early days of being together where they had a February wedding.
1: February?
0: Yeah. And it was like really snowy in the days leading up to it. And my grandmother, she had like picked up her wedding dress from like the store or the tailor or something. And she had it in like this bundle. And she and her sister's car broke down in the snow. And this guy came and helped them out. And he was like, I saw you guys with the baby and just really felt like I, I need help out. And the baby he was referring to was my grandmother, like, hold, holding <laughs> this bundle with her wedding dress in it. Oh. And she was like, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: The baby, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could skip over a lot of this stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Her dad uh, initially is like, you should not be fucking the COO of this company. <laughs> that's that, That's not good.
1: A a perfectly rational response.
0: Exactly, yeah. Everyone has a very rational response. Yeah. And then he meets Dee and he really gets to like her. And he invites her to the wedding as well.
1: And then I think the biggest thing to happen after that is just Dee all her time being consumed by this new universal project.
0: Oh, and the whole issue with the licenses.
1: Oh, right, 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 right.
0: So there's this whole issue that happens with work that I'll skim over very briefly here, where they had this expensive software that they only bought like 20 licenses for, but had somehow accidentally been installed on every company laptop. Each copy of this license was like $2,000, and there are 250 company laptops I was installed on. And the chief Information officer, or whatever, he discovered this, or the IT guy discovered this, or something, and they talked to D about it because she's the only one who can really do anything about it. So, D has to deal with this problem for like a month or weeks at least. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's like six weeks that she's working I, I on it. I think
1: it was seven. I like uh, the number seven is coming to my brain yeah. a long time, a very long time.
0: Yeah, basically, the issue that they're running into is that. If this company finds out, which they almost certainly will, they, first of all, owe them half a million dollars for these licenses. And then they will owe them fines on top of that. So she has to deal with this whole, like, huge thing. And her uncle is being a real shithead about it, too. It's, like, not even her fault.
1: Not at all. Not even the tiniest bit her fault.
0: She's just stuck holding back. She's dealing with that. Then... Two things happen in rapid succession in terms of discovery. If if you don't have anything else to, uh... oh, first of all, they say I love you. They do. They get into like a little a little squabble where D kind of like snaps at her because she's stressed. D like calms down. And she's like, I have it on good authority that at least one employee down in marketing doesn't hate me. Austin says, Okay, okay, I don't hate you. In fact, I'm pretty sure I love you. Which they're both like, Oh no. Did, oh no! Did, was that really just said out loud at work? Then Dee like basically leaps over the desk and and kisses her and says that she loves her too.
1: Very cute. Oh, the keynote speech. We need to mention. Oh yeah, also. the keynote
0: speech. So there's this thing where her uncle, the CEO, is like, "I need you to come to this keynote speech on January 10th, and I need you there to prove that you're really loyal." To this company as if she doesn't put in 70 hour work weeks and hasn't been working her ass off to fix this issue and saving hundreds of thousands of dollars in the process. But anyway, it's January 10th, the same day as the wedding. And she's like, I have a thing. And he's like, cancel it. And then her father gets involved for some reason because why not? And he's like, you should go to the thing. You don't want your cousin getting the CEO position when Wade retires instead of you.
1: Which, like, is such bullshit because Rick never put in, like, a fraction of the amount of work yeah. that Dee has. So for him to even still be in the running is fucking trash bullshit.
0: Nepotistic insanity.
1: Mm-hmm. I do want to read a part of this whole keynote speech situation with her dad. Because it got me so fucking angry. Do it. Dee's dad says, A stranger's wedding is more important than your family and your career. It's just a keynote speech, dad. If I'm not there to hear it, that doesn't mean I don't. Just a keynote speech, her father's voice rose. You don't get it, do you? But then again, you never had a head for business. Motherfucker.
0: As if she's not COO of a multi-million dollar company.
1: And then right after that, This is way more than a keynote speech, girl. It's a signal. Like, what, girl, Like how, how fucking condescending is this piece of shit?
0: I would reach through the phone.
1: I don't care that that's, that were my father, I would not give a fuck about that. I, mm. no, you tell him. no, but yeah, just that, that part just, mm, just really angered me. For real. Like, what a fucking asshole. Her own dad. Her own dad.
0: Nobody, her own dad. nobody in this family gives a shit about her except for Tim.
1: Yeah. And even Tim could do a lot more.
0: Yeah. So two things happen in rapid succession. First, Dee takes Austin to this like sushi restaurant. She walks in and immediately makes eye contact with her cousin and Vanessa from uh, Vanessa the receptionist. And she's like, oh no. And her cousin's like, hi, I didn't know you came here, but I'm going to blackmail you now.
1: Fucking asshole.
0: Yeah. And so that gets her all fucking heated, as it should. And then, later on, Dee, spur of the moment, asks her uncle, like, hey, are you going to be using the cabin for anything this weekend? I'd like to just get away from everything for a bit. And her uncle's like, yeah, I mean, the lawyers won't have an answer for a few days anyway, so there's no harm in it. So she takes Austin up to the cabin. They do a little naked hot tubbing together. Mm -hmm. And her uncle, like, busts into the cabin. (laughs) he's like, why aren't you answering your emails?
1: Like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, oh God, it's ridiculous. Hang on. Before Austin could step out of the jacuzzi, the sound of the glass door sliding back made her pause. What does my note here say? My note here says NO in all caps. <laughs> Wade Haggerty, D's uncle and their boss, stepped onto the back deck. We've got a situation with Universal. You didn't answer the urgent email I sent. My call went straight to voicemail, so I... He stumbled to a stop. What the hell? Oh, no, 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 no. Austin sank even lower in the water and pulled up her arms, covering as, as much of herself as she could. Dee stepped in front of her blocking weight line of sight with her own body. Could you give us a moment, please? She asked, her voice shaking. I, yeah, I'll wait inside. You know what? This can wait. I'll, I've got more important things to deal with. Come and see me first thing Monday morning. And check your in- damn email, Danielle. And then she says, "I don't have my laptop." And he says, "Then forget about it. Rick and I will deal with it." Something about the image of D Buckass naked. Her uncle, I assume, in a full like three piece suit, <laughs> on on the back porch with like looking at the jacuzzi. D Buckass naked, like like block using her naked body to block her <laughs> girlfriend's <laughs> naked body. <laughs> like is really funny to me and mortifying.
1: Oh God! Oh.
0: I can't imagine.
1: Your uncle and CEO. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Oh, my uncle and my boss.
1: Oh, God. No, thank you. But okay. Cool. So they finish out the weekend at the cabin and, you know, D says, he says to see him on Monday, so let's not worry about it until then. But then Austin knew that she had to do something and she wasn't going to let D give up 14 years of work. Just to be with her, so Austin hands in her resignation letter. Mm-hmm. Tim is very gracious about it, where he tries to talk her out of it, but then she says no because, you know, she wants to be with D. And there, can I read it? Yeah, go ahead.
0: So she hands him the letter. He took it and held it in his hand without opening. What's this? Austin took a deep breath and said, "My resignation letter." The word hung between them for a few moments. He tried to hand the letter back, but Austin shook her head and refused to take it. No. She said, I mean it. It's not a decision I made likely, but there's no other way. I quit. But why? Am I handing you too much work? Or... No, I love my job, but... She shrugged and smiled. I love your sister more. I should have done this months ago. Tim says, I understand. I hate to lose you as an admin, but who knows? Maybe i will have you as a sister-in-law one day. Austin grinned. Who knows? If Dee ever asked her, she certainly wouldn't say no. Like, what a cute moment how how many cute romantic moments do we ever have that aren't between the two characters like the two love interests we don't get a lot of like romantic professions like two other people in these books
1: yeah that and it's like i also think of D changing her contact or her, mm-hmm. her speed dial like just little things that the other person doesn't see but we see and like, yeah oh. so it's like not performative you know
0: or like Yuri in Nanny and the Beast absolutely obliterating April's birth mother financially. (laughs) Just the little things you do for love. Yeah. (laughs) Austin also tells Tim he needs to step the fuck up.
1: Yes. (gasps) Yes. Which I, that's a dreamy for me.
0: Same. She tells Tim that he should probably step in to make sure that Wade doesn't rip Dee's head off. And he says, do you really think that's a good idea? Uncle Wade would only get angrier, and Dee never wanted me to get involved in her business. By now, Austin knew Dee well enough to realize that wasn't entirely true. Dee had gotten used to fighting her battles alone. That was all. You really have no idea how lonely Dee feels in this company. She paused, surprised about the sharpness of her tone, but Tim was no longer her boss, so she could afford to be completely honest. Everyone seems to hate her just because your uncle keeps giving her all the dirty jobs. Her position in her family isn't any better. No one asks her how she's doing. They just expect her to function. She's been fighting all the battles alone for fourteen years, and she never gets any appreciation. For once, having a little support from someone in the family would mean the world to D. And Tim's like, "Yeah, you're right. Let's let's. I'm gonna go fucking fight my uncle."
1: Yeah, but like, ah, uh, go Austin for telling yeah. him off like that. Like he needed to hear it. Yeah, and then. And then, meanwhile.
0: We have a real a real sicko's moment here for me.
1: Yes, ha ha ha, yes.
0: Tell it, Nicole.
1: Meanwhile, Dee is speaking with Wade, and he is not very happy. I warned you to stay away from her, didn't I? Yes, and I tried, but- But of course, you didn't listen. You went ahead and created another problem for the company. Like, we don't already have enough on our plate with Universal and that licensing mess. I really expected better of you. You know I can't ignore this affair. I wish I could, especially since you are my niece, but I have to do what's best for the company. Relationship, D said quietly. He frowned. What? It's not an affair, Uncle Wade. We're in a relationship. Whatever it is, we only have two options here. Either you break up with her or we have to fire her. No, I'm not breaking up with her. All right, her uncle nodded. That leaves a second option. Do you want to let HR know or should I- D jumped up. I don't want her to get fired either. She's the best admin in this whole damn company. She doesn't deserve- Careful, her uncle said. She brought this upon herself. I mean, what do you expect me to do? Nothing, she said. I don't expect you to do anything. You want me to just put my head into the sand and ignore this whole thing? You know I can't do that. And then internally, she thinks, he managed just fine with Rick's flings. No, that's not what I meant. You don't need to do anything about the situation because, because I quit. And so for a second, she's like, oh shit, did I really say that? And she's like, oh my God, should I take this back? And then it really sinks in on her. It, it really sinks in that no, she wants this. She doesn't want to be with this fucking company anymore. And fucking Wade has the audacity to be like, but but what about the Universal Project? And she says, you wanted to give it to Rick anyway, which is very true. And then Wade says, but he can't do it on his own. He, that's no longer my problem.
0: La-da-da-da-da. Here's the motherfucking dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are out of your mind, her uncle shouted after her. Maybe I am, but I don't think so. You could have been my successor one day. No woman is worth giving that up for. That's where you're wrong. With a feeling as if she were sleepwalking, she left his office. One foot in front of the other, but it felt as if she wasn't in full control of what she was doing. It was like watching a movie with herself as the main character. She couldn't stop it. Nor did she want to. The sound of the office door closing behind her for the last time echoed through her ears all the way down the hall.
0: Listen, first of all, we're we're stepping back so I can enter the conjecture corner again. (laughs) I already knew. Listen, I know dissociation happens to a lot of people, unrelated to plurality, but, you know, I'm just gonna say it. I've been there. <laughs> anyway, back to the matter at hand. Oh boy, was this book ghostwritten by O. Henry because we got a real gift of the Magi situation over here. <laughs> they both quit their jobs for each other. <sighs> oh, I've sold my hair to buy you this box for your paper clips. Oh, I've sold my paper clips to buy you this comb. Oh, I love it.
1: The first time I encountered that story was Mickey and Minnie.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that one
1: I, <laughs> holiday special.
0: <laughs> the first time I, I did was uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Oh. Yeah, where Bert and Ernie have a gift of the magi. So too. That was the paper clips I referenced. Oh,
1: cute. Dee runs into Austin and Tim in the hallway, and Dee says she quit. And Austin's clearly shocked, and she says, "But but this job meant everything to you. It was the focus of your life. Not anymore. I was too busy working my ass off to realize it, but my job hasn't been really fulfilling for quite some time. The resentment from the employees, having to prove myself to Uncle Wade like some greenhorn fresh out of college, that constant feeling that he might pull the rug out from under me any time and make Rick his successor instead of me. Dee shrugged. I didn't want to admit it, but it got to me.
0: Austin says, it had been the logical thing to do for her to quit. Since Dee was COO and she just a lowly admin. But logical or not, she now realized how good it felt to know she wasn't the only one willing to make sacrifices for their relationship, which means so much to Austin, because in her last relationship, she was just making sacrifices left and right. She moved from California to Portland for fucking, uh, Brenda, Brenda I was going to say Bev, <laughs> Bev, it's on site. I, it's just so good. It ties back so well. Dee uh, goes to her office before she leaves to grab like the one thing she gives a shit about in there. And that's the mouse that Austin got her as as a secret Santa gift.
1: This year, there would be no secret Santa and no office Christmas party for them. But Austin knew she wouldn't miss either as long as she had D.
0: On Austin's last day, she, one, tells off two people who are needlessly gossiping about Dee. They said... That bitch, Miss Saunders, fired her on her very last day when Dee hasn't even worked there for, like, two weeks. Yeah. She says, that's not what happened. I quit because I couldn't take the stupid gossip around here anymore. And the woman's like, I, I didn't think. That's right, you didn't think. You just repeat a rumor you heard without bothering to check if it's true first. How would you feel if people did that to you for 14 years? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal.
2: <laughs>
0: on her last day, she stomps at the Christmas tree. Because she actually found her paper snowflake, still without a wish from last year. And she found this slip of paper that had Dee's name written on it for the Secret Santa. And she staples the piece of paper to the snowflake and hangs it on the tree as she goes.
1: There, she had finally made a wish. Having Dee in her life was really the only thing she wanted, needed, for this Christmas and all future Christmases.
0: They decide to go into business together as a company that makes pet toys. Because... Yeah. Austin goes through like dozens of pet toys a month for her bird because he just tears the shit out of them because that's what birds do apparently.
1: He's a bastard.
0: He's a bastard. And then the epilogue: her father gets married.
1: So we do get the wedding, but it's not their wedding.
0: Yeah, we. Yes, I. W- <laughs> I. I almost forgot to mention this. Dyke Sember delivers again.
1: Thank you, Dyke Sember.
0: Thank you, Dyke Sember. we needed to cap off this year nobody got married well no not our main characters didn't get married in fact they're still like just dating they've entered a a business partnership together maybe they're business married i guess but i'm not going to add that to my list of beast and fish married
1: no that doesn't count
0: it doesn't count at all
1: but i mean it is legally binding in a way so
0: god and they're partners
1: but no i'm not gonna count it
0: yeah no no I'm going to forget about it by this time next month.
1: (laughs) So they're at this wedding and they bump into Austin's grand aunt Eliza, who is confused by the fact that Austin's a lesbian. And Austin says, we are a couple and just as much in love as Uncle Paul and you were. Grand aunt Eliza looked thoughtful. That's a lot of love. Yes, Austin said and glanced at Dee. It is. So tell me, dear, how did you meet my grandniece? Austin blew out a breath that hadn't gone too badly. Dee looked over at her and they smiled at each other. Well, Dee said and wrapped her free arm around Austin. We met under a falling star, and the rest, as they say, is history. The end.
0: Very corny ending. I love it a lot. If you liked reading about these characters, you might want to check out the novel Conflict of Interest, which tells the story of Austin's best friend Dawn and her partner Aiden. No, Jay, I do not think I will. I do not (laughs) think I will read the much darker book. I think that is a very poor recommendation at the end of this one. (laughs) Imagine, imagine finishing this book and not fully understanding what this book that is being suggested is about, because it doesn't like lead with that. It doesn't lead with the fact that that happens to the main character.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It happens in the story. Oh, God. Imagine just being completely blindsided by the tone.
1: So... Final thoughts.
0: What a great book to end the year on.
1: Absolutely. I w- just want to say now, December a total success.
0: Absolutely. I'm not sure if it will be December next year, because eventually we're going to run out of lesbian Hanukkah books, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we'll find a lesbian Kwanzaa book or something.
1: This was such a good book. Happy December.
0: Happy So, Nicole, let's move into rankings first of all smash or
1: pass smash Smash or pass
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay cool we are in agreement
1: (laughs) both hard smashes
0: yeah they're both so hot honestly oh seriously i think this is the first book where i've been so absolutely hard on both of
1: them i mean like thinking virgin to redeem the billionaire i loved both of them Mm -hmm. love me whole loved everybody Yep. You know, but fully agree where this in particular, I was like, I, I cannot choose between the two. I can't choose a favorite.
0: Straight up, top of the list.
1: <gasps> as in how hard you want to smash?
0: Yeah, but also like my favorite like protagonists that we've had.
1: Oh.
0: They beat out Orrin and Vaughn for me.
1: Oh, Partly man. because their
0: book is more fun.
1: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> as much as
0: I love the representation. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy not being sad more.
1: <laughs> that is very true.
0: Plus, yeah. I can just head again them as plural. It's fine. <laughs> I will. You cannot stop me.
1: But yeah, this is definitely S tier for me.
0: Yeah, I highly agree. So let's go into proper rankings. Nicole, what do you give this book for steaminess?
1: Ah, oh, I wish there was more. But okay, The Kisses, so good. Mm -hmm. uh the sex scene too short but so good Mm -hmm. so i'm going to give this a 4.5
0: i really listen nicole halfway through this book after reading that sex scene i was like i think that i found my 555 (gasps) but unfortunately i do have to dock it i do i'm going to be generous and give it a 4.5 along with you i was thinking Mm -hmm. of maybe a Mm four i was thinking maybe as low as a 3.5 but honestly, that sex scene carries it so hard. Oh, yeah. But the audiobook, I'm giving the audiobook an 8.
1: 16 out of 5.
0: <laughs> God, a 69 out of 5.
1: Hell yeah, 69, 420 out of 5. <laughs> oh, yeah, the audiobook was amazing. What's her name again? Abby. Abby
0: Creighton, I believe.
1: Abby Creighton. Top tier performance. Yeah. Amazing. Honestly, best
0: we've had on this show so far.
1: Yes. Claudia, what would you give this for dreaminess?
0: It's a five. It's so a five. I cannot even life front. What do you want me to say? I love how much they fucking love each other. I love how it builds so naturally. It doesn't feel forced.
1: Yeah, something that I didn't even like think about until this moment is that I feel like there is a pacing issue with a lot of stuff that we've read, but we've kind of been able to brush it off. I didn't feel that with this.
0: No, because it's slow burn. We also didn't feel a pacing issue with Love Me
1: Whole. Yeah. It was just so good. I love them so much. So yeah, five for dreaminess. Easy.
0: Easy. easy. Easiest ranking. So Nicole.
1: Mimininess I'm having a little difficulty with.
0: So here's the thing. There aren't a lot of like unintentional laugh out loud kind of things, but the hard tropiness of this book mm. and how much I hope that Jay understood how much she was like really leaning into it. I hope so.
1: Mm -hmm. That
0: really elevates it for me. I'm not going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a four.
1: Four. Yeah, that's that. That's I agree. I'll give it a four, too.
0: It made me like squeal with delight so much. And I think that really like speaks for itself.
1: Had me like kicking my legs and shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah, definitely the tropiness carried the meme here. And it, it was just this book was so satisfying. It was. This book <laughs> what's the cool thing to say on Twitter? This book served cunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it very much did serve cunt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: <laughs> Got me. How do we end these episodes? <laughs>
0: Uh final thoughts typically what we did final thoughts already. Oh. I want to say more final thoughts frankly.
1: Let's talk about more final thoughts.
0: I am very happy we chose this book. Me and too. I absolutely love Christmas shit. I I grew up celebrating Christmas despite despite being a Jew. It's a whole thing. I went into the last episode, Re- watch that. <laughs> Listen to that. Use your sensory of choice to enjoy that. Um taste. Yeah, taste that. <laughs> and I love Christmas so much. I love Christmas movies so much, especially all Christmas media. And let me tell you, I cry at every Christmas movie. And I didn't fully outright cry to this. I didn't cry to this like I cry at the end of Home Alone. Just ugly, sobbing tears. Just, I I can't talk about it too much because I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, You're so listen. so
1: cute. I love you.
0: <laughs> thank you. I love you too. The amount I cry at Christmas movies, I cried at all of the other reindeer. Okay. That is where I'm at. But I got teared up at this and that's how much it, it made me feel like, yes, I wish it was a little more Christmassy, but yeah. I, I enjoy it being taking place from Christmas to Christmas. Yeah. I, I loved it.
1: See, like I've never been big on Christmas. Mm-hmm still don't care for it too much. I definitely like it more now than I did a couple of years ago. But man, if they didn't get me with the Christmas tree and everything. And just like the ah, it was they got me with this one. I Yeah, I found myself wishing that this was more Christmassy, even though I never particularly cared for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it, I just really liked this book. It made me happy.
0: I also just like I wanted to read it forever. Yeah. You know, like I just wanted to keep hearing about their nice relationship.
1: This book really made me want to write. Yeah, like it just made me so happy, and I'm like, I want to produce content like this. It's so good.
0: That makes me happy to hear.
1: I love it. it. Made me really happy. Good book.
0: Yeah. Merry Christmas, Nicole.
1: Merry Christmas and a happy December to all.
0: Yeah, and a happy Hanukkah. It's actually going to be the fourth night of Hanukkah when this goes up.
1: Oh, happy Hanukkah, listeners, and a very happy new year yeah this is our last episode for the year isn't it
0: yep last one for the year we'll be back in the new year with another installment of the wildfire shifters and then we're probably not going to touch them for at least a few months (laughs) i want to burn out
1: (laughs) Ah. (laughs) (laughs) listeners thank you for listening to us these past couple of months it's been a good year and we look forward to providing you with more content in the new year.
0: Yeah, you know, we've been doing this for like six months now. Yeah. Like by the time this comes out, it's been a lovely six months. It's been a lovely more than six months of doing this with you. (laughs) I really enjoyed this. Here's to another 25, 26 episodes. Woo!
1: Well, Claudia, where can they find you?
0: You can find me at PunkDyke on Twitter, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. Can't believe nobody had that at, a real Christmas gift to me.
1: (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at SexyPagliacci, that's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, that's the sad clown. And follow the show at the 3LW Podcast on Twitter and all things social. And check us out on Patreon, please. And thank you well that's it again happy hanukkah merry christmas happy kwanzaa we'll do a kwanzaa book next year
0: yeah whatever you celebrate however you celebrate it whoever you celebrate it with i hope that it's good
1: much love from us to you and we'll see you in the new year
0: bye all right i'm gonna put a finger up next to my nose and fly up the chimney now <laughs> Power you all didn't know what i had but i do now <laughs> anyway bye <laughs> This episode was brought to you by our patron, June B, and by listeners like you. Thank you.
1: You know, Frosty the Snowman, it's
0: truly the most quintessential Christmas song. It introduces a beloved figure who invites
1: the children to come to him, gets into an altercation with state authorities. Right, the hollering stop And then he dies but promises to be back again one day. Frosty is a Christ figure. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Catherine. And we're I'll be pod for Castmas. A seasonal podcast where we overanalyze Christmas pop songs and movies. And put them into
0: conversation
1: with some unlikely pieces of literature. Don't be a cringe. Join us on I'll Be Pod for Casmus on the Moonshot Podcast Network.